What's going on, everyone? Andre Scambo here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. Thank you for listening. We love you. Now, if this is your first episode of Ponytails, boy, let me tell you a little bit about what the heck we do here. So we interview people who sold books for a company called Southwestern Advantage, and they've been recruiting college kids since 1868 to sell books door to door on straight commission across a different part of the country during the summers in college for 12 weeks for like 80 hours a week. It's bananas. And because of that, there are naturally some experiences that happen when you go and do this program. It's an internship where you can earn college credit. You can uh, build your resume. There's earn money. It's pretty bananas. Now, I myself did this for four summers and all of our guests, with the exception of a few, all did this program as well. And so we have them talk about how they're doing today, what they're doing today, and how that experience shaped the way that their careers went and the way that the rest of their life went, which it's it's actually quite hilarious and sometimes quite tragic the way that an impact like this can have on your life. So man, I hope you guys enjoy this show. I really appreciate everyone who's listened and who's been a supporter here. Thank you so much for your reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And because of that, I am going to read another one today, another five-star review from G. Ted Getty. Um, really short and sweet. His was awesome content. If, even if you didn't sell books, always great content. Wow. Awesome and great content twice in one review. It's got to be good. <laughs> now, my guest today is Nadia Khan. She sold for four summers uh, between 2019 and 2022. I'm excited to hear about how that year of the pandy went right in the middle of that uh, experience and that whole run for four summers. She went to the U- University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Must be nice to be in a school where football is great. She currently is uh, in financial wholesaling, was part of the Dynasty organization, lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She was originally from Franklin, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. And her favorite Ogmandino scroll is number two, I will greet this day with love in my heart. And man, that's wonderful. I love that. So when I come back, we will be on with Nadia. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, Andres. Thank you for having me. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I was talking to Nicole. And I was like, hey, who who do I need to have on the show? And immediately she's like, Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I heard you were like, who's Nadia? So thanks for that, by the yeah. way. I guess I hadn't <laughs> really heard of you. <laughs> Just kidding. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess you haven't heard. No, I haven't. Sorry. I have not. Not at all. <laughs> but that's the point of the show. People who don't know, we don't do any research on our guests before we get started. Um, the whole idea is to showcase what shared trauma can cause for for connection and chemistry. <laughs> and so, all right. And so here we are. Let's just uh, dive right in. I am. I'm. Uh, I'm thankful that you're here. As everybody knows at this point, this is how I feed my dogs, and so it's so so exciting that I get to do this for work. I am grateful for you. So let's jump in. Um, okay. Tell us, I mean, 2022, just last year was your last summer. Um, what have you been up to since? Maybe let's start with why did you know it was time to leave? Why was it time to go? And uh, what did you get up to since uh, having made the decision to leave? Sure. Yeah. Great question. Um, it's kind of a long story and it's something we'll, we'll probably get into a little bit later um, because I was actually only supposed to sell for three summers. And the career that I have now was a part of the reason why I, I went back for my fourth summer. So 
Hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that. We can get into it now. We can get into it later. Whatever um, you want to do. Devil's, devil, <laughs> let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick. You, whatever you think flows okay. best. You know the story. We're going to wait. We're going to wait because it's a good Ooh, story. Slow um, burn. <laughs> yeah, it's a slow burn for sure. So I, uh, yeah, I went to Alabama um, for finance and economics. So I double majored. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but after selling books, I knew that I wanted to be in sales. And I knew I wanted to work with people, right? I mean, as you know, like this is the best way to figure out if you are good with talking to strangers all day long. 100%. <laughs> which is what I do now, right? So I, I work for com a company called Jackson National. We are uh, financial wholesalers. And essentially what that means, like people wholesale jackets or apples or this and that. So we're not selling to the end consumer. We sell to financial advisors. So we sell a product called annuities. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Because you were an econ major, right? Yeah. And I did insurance and annuities for like five years. I was licensed oh. in both. Mm -hmm. Okay, good to know. Yeah, That's awesome. I got you. I, I um, could nerd out about this so hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I started with this company. Well, I worked with them for a little bit last year, but I officially started with them this January. Uh, went through their training program, had to take all these tests, these licenses, you know, the, the insurance 63, license. 65. Yep. Yep. Exactly. The, yeah. 26. And, um, yeah. So I was placed in my territory about a month ago. I'm covering the Bay Area. So we sell variable annuities. And for those who don't know what annuities are, essentially it's a form of long time, uh, long term retirement insurance. So it's making sure people don't run out of money for the rest of their lives or have all their money that they're going to be able to pass down to their loved ones. So exactly. I sell to financial advisors, which is really fun. And uh, um, so there, so you're the person that would come into our office to be like, hey, this is the kind of annuity that we're going to be selling we want you to carry this product um and for to to just really put it in in a way that a fifth grader might understand it basically what happens is you a lot of people you hear about talk about their 401ks or their iras and they're always thinking about when i retire this is when i'll pull my money or you know you're saving up you know to build your net worth and then nobody ever really talks about what happens when you get there. Like what actually happens to all that money. If you pull out your 401k, if you pull out your Roth IRA, whatever, what happens when you get to 65 and you go, okay, I'm cashing out. What do you do with that money? Well, right. in comes an annuity. So essentially it makes it so people, like you said, do not run out of money. They're guaranteed to not run out of money. So they're, they're securing their income and you can have it be given to you in a variety of ways. Um, which we can totally nerd out about because I haven't been, I haven't <laughs> talked about what these products are doing in like five years, four years maybe since I yeah. stopped, since I quit that and started doing this. So, um, so yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's so fun. So okay, okay. First of all, this is so cool because to be honest with you, and, and this is not in any way offensive. I'm just trying to say, um, this is really badass that you do this because I worked in that industry and it's so toxically dominated by men that it's it's hard it's hard to like listen to some i mean i lived mm -hmm. in nebraska and you would hear some of the things that these men were saying about like women in the industry and it was so to see a sharp young talented person just sounds like you're crushing it and i'm like yeah you get it girl let's go thank you and it's you know it's funny when people ask what i do because because i'll go into oh you know i i help people with their retirement like i help them ensure that and make sure you know they have my i've just started telling people I'm a finance bro. That's what I do. <laughs> and people are like, oh, they don't have any other questions because that that's enough for them. And, you know, people like us who are into this stuff, like they're, we're like, okay, 
that's awesome. Like, let's talk about like variable products. Let's talk about like your license, you know, whatever. Other people don't care. Yeah. So once you say that, it's like, okay, got it. Good to know. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And by the way, <laughs> disclaimer here, this is, if we do get a, end up going into this rabbit hole of finance, which I am, am very much intending to do so, this does not <laughs> constitute uh, any sort of advice. This does not constitute any sort of, we're just, this is just a discussion. So don't take this by law. This is not a, a solicitation of any of this stuff either. We're just discussing what you do for a living. Uh, and it's important to disclose that because sometimes Absolutely. people think that from this, they're going to go and take all their money out from their 401k and then we get problems with the SEC. Yeah, I don't, I don't so we think don't want my that. company would be very happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not, it's kind of like if you're a lawyer, this is not legal advice. This is yes. not financial advice. Do not, Do not take my advice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every person's case by case. Uh, every state is, you mean your license in whatever state you're in plus whatever mm -hmm. other ones, but it's different. And then there's a federal license. So all that disclosure stuff aside, oh, Let's do <laughs> Let's talk about it. How, how did you know this company and not like an insurance company or an actual like securities company? Like why? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Good question. So Jackson, we, we've been number one in the traditional variable annuity space for the past 10 years. We, they're, it's a fantastic company. They have one of the best sales programs in the industry. They, do, they probably have the best sales um, program. And that coupled with Southwestern and learning how to sell, I was so, like, okay, well, it makes sense. And it's in Nashville, which is where I grew up. Right. So my company, uh, the office is about 15 minutes from my parents' house, which is nice. So I get to go and see them every now and then. Uh, my dad is actually in the industry as well. So we work for competitors. Um, he always jokes he's going to come work <laughs> with me and be like my, my desk buddy. And I'm like, nope. Uh, today I'm going to leave. <laughs> it's yeah, not going to happen. I'll go to the other team. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's been nice. So after work, sometimes like I'll head over there and just see them. Um, both my parents sold books, by the way. So they are in the realm what? of, yeah. So we can get into that as well. But yeah, dude. <laughs> my dad always said like, hey, if you can get Jackson, like you're good to go. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll apply. So I did, got the job and um, I guess now is a better time than any to jump into how the past year panned out with that, right? So sure. after my third summer, I, uh, I sold in South Carolina that summer and um, decided I was done. I, I had had three great summers. I AOL'd. I worked with an awesome team. Um, Jake Chesney was my DSL. Nice. I love, loved working with him. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up being that I, I knew I was going to take six months off and then start applying. So that's what I did. Um, took a lot of time to travel and, and see people because I knew that was the only time I was going to get to do so. So last January, 2022, or excuse me, November, 2021, I applied, got the job. I started in February, 2022 at Jackson, mm. starting their training program. And as you know, Andres, you have to do all these licenses, right? I had to get four licenses, my life insurance, my sure. SIE, my series six, my 63. Um, and the way that it worked, they were paying me to study. I did really well in school. I, uh, I love testing. The test did not love me. So I got my first two, no problem. The third one, I failed it by one question and Oof. had to wait to retake it, failed it by one question. So the company's policy was that they had to let me go. So about a year ago, almost to the, um, yeah, about a year ago, I uh, left the company, made a plan that I was gonna come back 
I had to wait six months to reapply and I had to go right. back through the entire program. So that happened in the beginning of May, um, failed the test, left the company, was devastated, right? It's my first big girl job. I'm like, oh, I'm making my parent. My parents aren't. Are, Your dad oh. does this. Ooh, oh, bro. It was, it was tough. So um, I felt bad for myself for about four days and then decided I was going to go sell books again. So a week later, I headed out <laughs> with no <Wow>. prep, <laughs> no sales school. Well, some sales school, but anyway, um, did that, sold another summer in Michigan, went back out to travel for six months after the summer, and then I reapplied. So here I am. Passed wow. the exams, we're good to go. But anyway, um, have been really, really lucky that I had a great team and bosses and people to work with that were super supportive and, and kind of helped me like uh, throughout that this journey this past year just keeping me in check and making sure you know making sure that i was gonna come back which i knew i was going to but you know what i mean so yeah, it worked absolutely. out really nicely well and that's crazy because it just it was it, it's one of the, i just I was just having this conversation with someone about this experience and it was just a person that didn't know southwestern and he asked me, he's like, what's one of the things that you think is most important from that experience after talking to so many people about this? And I go, you know what? Honestly, one of the things that goes underrated is that if shit hits the fan and my family's like my wife loses her job or something, and like now it's like we have to I have and the podcast fails and we are broke, I can just go sell anything door to door you know like i can yeah. just go all right we're gonna figure this out uh, i can sell copies of my book i can go sell even if for southwestern even if i'm like yeah. older like like jake did, like I, I will do this and make money like i know i can and to have that in your arsenal that you, you no matter what the worst case scenario is you can still go make money going door to door because you know how to do it oh there's a peace of mind there so going back to your fourth summer like ah if i do this it'll be fine it's huge. I'm gonna have money for the year. I know. <laughs> I keep my book bag in my in my garage, and every day I pull out, I look at it, and I'm like, I could take all my PTO for the year and go make a lot of money in two weeks, and then go yeah. right back to work. Yeah, but Cause, yeah, because it's easy to sell that. Now it's not as much money as you can make in other sales, as you're probably finding out that yeah. you're in, you know, in the different industry, which. I'm gonna, I wanted to ask you what the biggest differences were, but it's enough money, right? So um, <clears throat> that's a cool thing. So let me ask you. So I, you know, I know you're just you know it started here in January, and you 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 know you've been in for what now it's five six months in the industry and, and working on it. So far, going into it, how how is it different? How is it the same? Like, what are some of the things that you've carried from Southwestern that you're like, this is just wash, lather, rinse, repeat. And what are some things that are like, this is not the same. This is a different kind of sale or, or can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I think it's like anything, right? The, the tenets you learn in Southwestern, learning how to talk to people, learning how to overcome objections, how to have a good attitude and treat people well, no matter what, those things carry on. Those are the things that roll over, right? I mean, I'm not face-to-face -face anymore. I'm completely on the phone. I'm, I'm calling these financial advisors who have had 20, 30 years in the field. Um, so I guess that's one difference, right? They're extremely knowledgeable in this. I'm about six months in still learn. I'm learning something new every single day, but it's, it kind of compares where, you know, you, you kind of fake it till you make it. And it's the same on the book field where you, you are meant to be there. The, every door you're knocking on, you are greeting it with the confidence and the, the success. Like I, this is where I'm supposed to be like, where are your kids? Go grab them real quick. Like, let's talk. I have a lot to say. And I think you guys want to listen. So same thing kind of carries on, right? And um, and it's 
it's it's interesting um, and it's tough because there there are objections that you get that you don't understand and there are things that you know people are talking about the market and they're talking about uh, interest rates and they're talking about volatility and this and that and I'm like mm -hmm. but learning how to deal with objections learning how to crew people right which is our way of of closing in southwestern which is calming them down reselling them explaining the situation and working out a way i'm doing that every single day with everything that i'm doing um but i think the yeah it's really cool i think the biggest thing is in terms of similarities um from an emotional standpoint is like the consistency aspect of it because every time i pick up the phone I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy to be there. And half of my job is leaving voicemails, which is totally no big deal. I, I've gotten really good at it because <laughs> I can, yeah. I mean, people want to talk to me, people call me back and, um, I leave, leave me, give me your best voicemail. Like, okay. Like, you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. You're, let's, let's role play. You're ringing, so this is ring, the one. ring, ring. So, okay. Little back background Jackson, we just released a new product. It's called market link pro Two. Um, it's a, it's a registered index linked annuity, which basically means, uh, it's a, it's a type of investment product where you're, you're covered to a certain extent, any losses the market sees, the company's going to cover those for you, but your, your money is tied to an index. It's so like the S and P 500 or the Russell 2000, and you can see growth. It's a lot. I could talk about that for about an hour because oh, it's we, will. we will, because I'm so excited about this. <laughs> okay. this is so um, but yes, yeah, so we just want to pass now. forward after that part if they bore out, but honestly, they should listen because this is great stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good to think about too, right? I mean, before I do like, just so people have a, an idea of why I do this, say I've saved enough money until I'm 85 years old. That's awesome. I have everything I need, but then I live till 95. Like, what am I doing those last 10 years? Social security is a thing in the past. Pensions are gone. Rely on your kids. Okay. Anyway, it's about setting yourself up. So I, I believe in this a lot. I believe in saving. I've was raised with uh, two book kids raising me. They raised me, so I learned a lot about that stuff. Anyway, so my best voicemail right now is um. So uh, so so hang on. Hey, you you've reached Andres he, with Ponytails Podcast. Thanks for calling. Leave a message at the tone. Beep. Andres, Nadia Khan calling from Jackson. Hope your week has been treating you well. Just wanted to give you a quick update. We've officially launched MarketLink Pro 2.0 as of Monday, June 5th. We're really excited about this update. We've launched a new crediting method, a new term, and a performance lock. Now, Brian's going to be in your area next Wednesday, June, whatever. Super excited to talk to you about it. Definitely needs to get some time to go over these details. Please look for my email. Let me know which date and time works best for you. Or give me a call back, 615 Thanks so much. This is your internal wholesaler, Nadia. <laughs> Whoa. So it's, it's locked in. Wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> so Brian, I, I, I'm an internal wholesaler. My partner, Brian, he is actually in the field in San Francisco. So we work together. He's meeting them in person. I'm, I'm doing the sales calls. I'm doing the, the backup work. I'm following up on his meetings. I'm helping him set meetings, that sort of thing. I see. So, so you're kind of like an yeah. SDR in a, in a lot of ways, but just a yeah. great role. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause then you have someone at, at who's there who just kind of takes care of the closing and then you're like, boom. Right. Let's jam. Yeah. That's so awesome. That was great. That was, you nice. nailed that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've done it probably 400 times this past few weeks. So. Wow. That's like the sales talk. Hi, are you the mom of the house? Totally. <laughs>
Right. And but then when I get people, it's the same thing though. It's like excited and I want people, I want people to call me back. Um, and I really do credit so much of that to Southwestern and learning how to just like be excited when you're talking about stuff that's not always super exciting or like you're not always feeling the best about it. So it's I've been lucky in that way. Now I imagine it. Yeah, I agree. I imagine that uh, that it, there is like something to the that what we just talked. So that probably one of the biggest differences is how the sale works, right? Because you're setting up the you're setting up the appointment, but then someone you're relying on someone else to go close it. It's kind of like if you're doing a follow day where it's like you did the approach and maybe the intro, and then the person the other person has to do the demo and the close, and you're kind of tag teaming this to make sure that this goes along well. Do you? have you found that that's hard to let go of like to, to let go of the control of the clothes? Because if I, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard. I was best at the intro, but letting go and letting someone else do the clothes and just hoping mm -hmm. the trust that they'll do it is a little nerve wracking. How, how does, how are you coping with that? Um, yes and no. Um, it's, it's, it, it's weird because what I'm doing, it's not necessarily that I'm like the backup for the sale. I'm also doing a lot of the selling. So there are yeah. actually deals that I'm closing as well. Um, okay. yeah. So Brian, my, my partner, he's out there meeting with these advisors, these guys he'd worked, he's worked with for 10 years. Right. And, um, I, uh, I, I'm just now getting to know them. I've done hundreds of introductory calls in the past two months. Um, but they'll call into me. They'll be like, Hey, I have this client, uh, you know, they're, they're 55. They want to make sure they can maximize their income or they want to make sure they have income till they, till they pass away, but they want to pass down as much as they can to their kids. What, what do you have? What, what you got? And so I'm doing the pitch. I'm doing the, you know, the intro. I'm like, okay, tell me more. Like, what are they, what are they looking for? How, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I'm pitching it to them. I'm running an illustration, which is just, uh, a program that basically breaks down all of their clients money year by year by year showing them what that growth is going to look like and what's going to be passed down showing them this giving the materials for their client meetings setting them up following up on the meetings and then dripping on them until until we close it right and waiting to see that money come in so hmm. it's it's a little bit of both which is really cool um, i'm actually going up to san francisco in about two weeks the company's finding me out so i get to go work with him in person and meet a lot of these advisors who I talk to all the time on the phone. So I'll get to That's see funny. that port that portion of it, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to, but um, it's, it's interesting not being in person, like not being face to face because that's, it's way better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even over better. zoom, like this is yeah. great. And I feel like we're yeah. in the same room because we're just both actively having a good conversation, but there's something about like, I just did Dan Moore um, and I was with him in person in his old office. And it just like, I, I was reminded awesome. of like, Oh man, when it's, when you're in person, it's even, even better. Right. So, and then over the phone is even less. Cause it's just, you can't even put a face, you yeah. know, to the name, but you, but it's also odd because when you talk to someone on the phone enough, um, you, you kind of like really get to know them in such a different way. Like, you know, you probably know about these people's lives and you've, since you've been talking to them so much, it's like, you know, Hey, how's, how's, you know, the golf game or whatever the heck you talk sure. about to establish rapport. So that's <laughs> yeah. so interesting. Wow. And, and also the longevity of the sale, right? And when you're selling books, it's like, Mrs. Jones, I got 20 minutes. Are you going to get these or are you not? Like, I'm not, I can't come back and knock any door. Hey, what's up today? You know, that's, I feel like when I went into the, you know, money business, the finance world, that was the biggest thing. It was like the, you got to fish mm -hmm. for so long 
and yeah. jump through hoops and talk to first the mom, then the dad, then the grandma, <laughs> like in the, the equivalent of those people in the, in the company. Wow. Right. That's so fun. Yeah. And it's, it's like that, right? I'm talking to the advisor first and I, I'm not allowed to talk to clients at all, but I'm helping them. I'm helping teach them how to explain these super complex products to grandparents, like people who don't understand investments, no. who don't understand how money works. And that's my job is to, you know, express it in a way and, and translate it. So it makes, so, and to the point where they're comfortable enough to write us a $500,000 check. Right. Yeah. So, and then it's making yeah. sure the forms are right. And then train. So it's detail. It's just a lot of details. And you're right. Like yeah. on the book field, I bought the books in my car. You want them or you or not? Like yeah. you can have them today. That's crazy. <laughs> well, and two, I mean, it's, you're also one of the things that I, that I, enjoyed the most about working in the industry. Now we can get, we can get nerdy about money here uh, for the next little bit, but like to me, all of the money that is, whether it's tangible in cash, right. Or digital in some sort of crypto or whatever, or in a, just a bank account, like it exists in the finance industry, everybody's money, like the government, your moms, your doctors, your lawyers, they all have to put their money and assets somewhere. And it's all in the finance industry. Like it's mm -hmm. all in there. <laughs> and so it gets so complex, but also so not, I mean, some of it, there is something to uh, the fact that these products sometimes are meant to sound complex so that average people think that they need advisors, which sucks when there's that predatory side of it. So we don't have to talk about them. I'm talking about like the other side of it where it's like, we, you can actually really help someone's life like their livelihood yeah. and that responsibility is i mean education is important and selling books and i get that right but people can find ways to have a good education but money like you're dealing with people's money like their ability to retire their ability to mm -hmm. leave a legacy everything they worked for in their entire life and it's come to this moment and you're there, there's so much pressure to do and perform well in that that i commend you for that because that's to me i nerd out about that i think that's such a cool place to be in a person's life is like hey yeah. you're at the finish line here's how you get to use your rewards and it's cool right. that's awesome you're right thanks and it is it's a lot more emotional than you think it is um because you're right it's i mean I, i'm constantly and when you were in the industry it's the same way right you're surrounded by people who get it who this is mm -hmm. their job. This is what they're here to do. But you forget, and I forget it too, because I'm not speaking to these people. I'm not speaking to the people whose money I'm invest. I'm helping invest, right? This is their life savings. Like this is what's going to their their kids and their grandkids and their great grandkids. And it's it's a lot of weight and it's a lot of responsibility. Um, and it's not mm -hmm. something. It's something that's very easy to take for granted. And it's something that's it's easy to forget how much power that we truly have. Um, but we hear these stories, we hear how thankful people are through the advisors, how, I mean, we're helping the advisors too, right? I mean, even they're even closer to it. These are customers and clients they've worked with for decades. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I love it. I just, and the thing so is, cool. like, I didn't think I would before I got into it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going into finance. Like this is going to be so boring. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. <laughs> But you don't like there's a need for everything. And yeah. um, 
this is just a very specific need that is easy to forget. Absolutely. Okay. I have a question for you. So similar to when you're selling books, you know, when you meet the really cool mom or dad or, or the really shitty mom or dad, and you think to yourself like, Oh, whenever I have kids or if I ever have kids, I'm going to be totally like them or I'm totally going to avoid that clear error. The, uh, I found it, maybe talk about this is I found that when you work in finance, you've seen some like really bad situations that people find themselves in financially and people that or like stories that you hear of like mm-hmm. you know like for example for me you know we found out that somebody had gotten really really screwed over by a this uh uh insurance company who i'm not gonna name it but it rhymes with uh southwestern mutual and <laughs> okay um and uh yeah, it was a wholesale life insurance po- or whole life life insurance policy. It was just sure. obviously just not good. And then in my head, I'm like, God, I'm thankful that I've learned this mis- like from that. So for you so far, even just a few months into the uh, industry with your company that you're at, are there things that you've already picked up that you're like, okay, when it comes to my wealth, when it comes to my finances, I'm definitely going to avoid this. And I'm definitely going to do that. Have you Have you had those experiences like the good mom, bad mom thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first and the first part of that is the advisor that you're trusting your money with. Like that's Preach. a sale. That's a sale in itself, right? Like Preach. every it's it's a it's a good mom, bad mom situation. A good mom's gonna take care of your money, they're gonna listen to you, they're gonna take your input. Bad mom's gonna do what they think is right. And again, I'm not saying that I've run into this. This is just a generalization of like in in general it's really important that you are working with somebody that is a fit for you. I work with every single type of advisor, the entire spectrum. And so I meet everybody and everybody is, is effective. And these people have done so, so much business and have helped so many people, um, which is really cool. Cause I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to go into that side of the business, like the B2C side of finance. Um, but I can appreciate it because yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing, especially the specifics of investments, right? Like learning how things work, like withdrawal rates and what index I want to be in and how, you know, how can we use like a stop loss to our benefit? Who's going to actually help teach me these things? Say, say I knew nothing about finance at all. Right. The advisor that I work with, Who's going to help me understand exactly what my money's doing versus just this is what we're doing. Here you go. Here's your statement. So, um, amen, sister. If I do go into that side of the business, if I ever become an advisor, I am starting to see and understand what kind of, 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 you know, business partner that I want to be. I work with a lot of Northern Californians and, um, a lot of them have very specific clientele bases, like a lot in the LGBTQ community specifically, or in the like uh, Asian American community specifically, just depends, right? So I've always right. thought that was really cool, like because their experience with money and having these conversations has to be just so different from everybody else's too. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's it's a good big exposure. Deal. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Hispanics, for example, out there who really need the financial literacy because they just don't have it. Whether it's not a cultural thing that, that we know about this stuff or like at least as a, as a Colombian, that's not really something that we get taught about, especially when it comes to 
being an immigrant here and trying to do that. So I, I get that. And that's really cool that people can do that. That's awesome. Now you're on the, since you're on the wholesale side of things, um, I, w- I did want to ask you how, how have you been able to overcome the stigma that, uh, that women have in the industry? Because it, it, I feel like, especially if you are talking to, um, an advisor that's been in the game for a long time, they're a little bit more traditional minded. And so I feel like they have a hard time uh, overcoming, you know, just general equality. <laughs> I'm not trying sure. to single out your, your clientele or, you know, your clients. No. I'm just saying in general, <laughs> in the industry, you meet all these like old white Christian dudes who, you know, I have 155 billion in un- under management and I, you know, went to school with George Bush and you try to, they're like, so true. I mean, I'm not saying that that makes them a bad person. I'm just saying that's just how they are. So have you ran into that and, and how have you like battled through that to kind of, you know, create your own path that way? It's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, I have not, which is, oh, I, I consider myself really lucky again, Northern California. So I'm all sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your advisors um, are a little bit more progressive. <laughs> totally. Right. And yeah, yeah. They're like, I, I mean, everyone's been awesome so far. I will say, I think I have even better treatment than a lot of the guys because I, so my product training class, there were eight of us. I was the only girl and there are, there are a few women on our desk. They're all badasses and they all work yeah. so hard and like just really, really, it, it's awesome being surrounded by that type of woman. Um, anyway, so the other seven guys that I work with, they are constantly telling, we're not all on the same channel. Um, there's, there's about five channels on our desk. It's a floor of about 120 different salespeople covering the entire country. So, um, nice. I'm constantly hearing stories about advisors yelling at them and their externals getting onto them. And like, yeah, like impatient, but I, I feel like, and maybe it's because it, it could be because I'm a girl and because I sound really nice on the phone, or it could be because I've learned how to have conversations with people by selling books, because that taught Ooh. me how to talk to people in a way and how to calm people down and how to, and I think that is honestly a really big part of it is that I I know how to talk to people. And I'm I'm still learning how to do that in an effective way, even now, especially in this new industry that I'm getting used to. But for the most part, um, and this is, I think, in general, women of color have a lot more opportunities and are are held, we're, we're, we're held to a really high standard, but people also, and they expect a lot from us. Um, but I, I've been given so many opportunities because equality is everything now. And that's an awesome thing. And I'm so, I'm thankful that that's the way it is. But yeah, yeah. I'm going down a rabbit, a crazy rabbit no, hole. Now, I love but. this. No, no, please keep going. This is as a person of color. I'm yeah. also, I, I get it. I get that. I mean, I've just been given a lot of of grace. I've get, been given, uh, people were really excited to have me there at the company. I feel like, and, and that's such a, there's such a big push nowadays too, to hire people of, of, of color and, and minorities, especially like double minority. They're like, oh, jackpot, DEI is going to love us for this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, wait, so, so are, you're, you're, you're a double minority? Well, yeah, technically I'm Indian and a woman, so. Oh, I understand. 
Wow. That's yeah, this the, is the devil minority, right? So oh, um, wait, you're in, I didn't. Okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. This my is dad whole, is from India. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> your dad's from India and yes. he was born there. He was born there. Yes. When, when did he come to the States? Mm, 1985. And how, how old was he? Uh, 18. He was 18. So, and he sold books. So he came to for college and then got recruited. So my dad sold books for 17 summers. Wait. <laughs> what in the world? We got to yeah. get your dad on here, by the way. I know. I was going to say. So he actually didn't. Not, neither of my parents sold for Southwestern. They sold for Varsity, which was like uh, the, if you're, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's like it was an old Southwestern rival started by two Southwestern guys in the 60s. Same yeah. deal. We'll count exact it. Exact same thing. We'll yeah. count it. We'll okay. count it. Because he has some good stories. Yeah, we'll count it. Technically, it's supposed to be for alumni only, but you know what? We'll take it. This is the it, it was. It's close enough. It's a sister. It was also way tangent, but we will come back to this. Or just mm-hmm. gonna drop this here because I just learned this recently. I'll get us back on track though. But okay. way way tangent. I found out recently that oh, this is crazy. I don't even know if this is good or bad or what. This is probably bad, but I just found this out that Southwestern had a division that was strictly for black people. And so, yeah, and they sold different products and it was called like the, um, the history of black Americans or something like that. And it was, and they called them the Negro books, Negro, like they, they, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was crazy. And it said it on the book. Sorry if I just did a slur, I'm going to get canceled now, whatever. But, but the point is like, it's just what it was called. And it was, I mean, obviously, and it was also, I think it was like in the seventies or eighties, but it was like when they would go to black colleges or predominantly black colleges, they would recruit these people to sell books. Like these college kids, they were all black and they were like, all right, you're going to go specifically to go in that, like specifically they would recruit black people to go to that. And, but they would send them to towns that were known to have a large black population mm-hmm. and sell in those neighborhoods and they sold books there was a whole chunk i don't know for how long this lasted but speaking of minorities and just yeah okay okay rewind though so anyway so that's you're, super cool you're talking about being a, a minority and how opportunities have changed have you do you think that that's been the case your entire life or did you ever like uh, as a person i mean you grew up in pretty white is nashville franklin is pretty yeah. pretty white so it did is. you ever run into some like racial issues or how did your town handle people from not white America? Yeah. You know, honestly it was less race and it was more uh, religion. And I think those, wow. those two things go hand in hand. Right. Especially, I mean, I, I grew up in the Bible belt. I grew up in, like you said, predominantly white town. Um, I was one of three Indian people at our high. At, nope. No. Yeah. Three Indian people at my high school. Um, wow. So, and I love where I grew up. Don't get me wrong. I have never faced, and I've been lucky enough to not have, because I I can pass for, I don't pass, you don't look at me and you're like, oh, Indian. Right. You know what I mean? Like my mom is is white. She's from Tennessee. And, uh, it, but it was, sorry, going back to what I said, not so much about color, not so much about race and, and that sort of thing, but really about what church do you go to? How Oof. long have you, do you go to Bible study? You know, do you, do you know you brought your Bible verses? What church did you go to? <laughs> so, okay. Backup story. My parents, um, <laughs> dad's from India. Mom's from Tennessee. Uh, my dad's 
father was a Muslim. His mom was a Zoroastrian. Mm-hmm. You can never pronounce right. So she was a Parsi. So it's a, yeah, a, just a, one of the oldest religions in the world, actually. Yeah. So those two religions don't really mix. Those came together for him. Wow. Mom grew up in the Methodist church. Mom and dad came together and they were like, wait, all these religions are pretty similar at their core, but which one's right? How do we, how do we pick one for the kids? But they wanted us to have structure. So we ended up, we grew up going to um, a, just a Baptist church, um, actually. When in I was Tennessee? Really little, in Tennessee. <laughs> in the country in Tennessee. It was in the middle of nowhere. And God, it was... Wow. <laughs> Yeah, wow. so we did that for a while, and and um, but it was funny, you know, talking about like discrimination, talking about that sort of things. I remember one specific girl who, if you didn't go to church, it was like shame on you and shame on your family. Yeah, and it's like, when are you gonna? Sorry, and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but I was like, when are you gonna use those Bible verses that you've memorized about <laughs> five hundred of them in your right yeah. brain? It's like the Pythagorean um, theorem. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just never got it. It never made sense to me. And my, I think our parents, um, cause I have a younger sister and a younger brother that my parents did a really good job of like explaining to us like, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make sense and you don't have to, be- you can believe in whatever you want. So we ended up actually going to a unity church for about four years, three or four years, you know, like the coexist sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was super weird too um super, super I, I went weird. i went hq hunting for in one of those churches and that was the first time i was introduced to them and i'm like what is going on yeah here? Oh it was <laughs> not, full to, of- not to make fun of people but jeez man every one every one of them was homeschooled every single yeah. one of them and holy so got- jesus and allah what uh yeah what a mixture and, and the thing was it was you know what i remember listening to the sermons and i was like this is great like because Again, not to go into a deep rabbit hole, but I mean, this, I think everybody's right. I don't think anybody's wrong. I don't think anybody has any right to tell anybody else that what you believe is wrong and what I believe is right, because how, how do you know? And that's just, so I'm, I'm very big on like the acceptance and like people can do what they want to do and they can believe what they want to believe as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And Even that's, atheists. That's right. Yeah. It, I mean, come on, like, and the coexist church. To the, the, Nailed it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, it was, it got weird after a couple years. So we ditched. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I've, I've been really big uh, since then. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, just, just good energy. It's just good. Like people are good. Things are good. Like if I am doing, if I'm working hard and I am treating people well, that's what I was put on this earth to do. And everybody has a different purpose. My purpose isn't somebody else's. Anyway, so that was something big. That was like my big thing in childhood was like overcoming. Like, I don't feel like I fit in because I don't, I don't really, we don't like, I don't get church. Like I don't get, I don't get it in the way that generations of families going to the same church get it. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, everybody needs something to believe in. So good for those people to have that, but it's totally okay if you don't have that. Like (laughs) it's, it's, you know, yeah. It's it, it that, that that's interesting though cuz it you know it, you don't traditionally think of Tennessee to not be a place where race doesn't play that big of a role but I see what you mean that you could you could pass as you know more a tan white girl than a yeah. you know than an indian person um okay. which makes sense. I in the summers I couldn't get away with it. It was I am not white presenting whatsoever. 
no part yeah. of me no part of me is you're white it's i'm very hispanic <laughs> so um so i get that but you know did you as you were selling did you experience any of that i mean you probably you probably bumped into some 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 uglies out in the in the wilderness of the book field as you were selling never forthright it was never it was never or outright i guess it it was just yeah i i worked in alabama my second summer and there were there's one day in particular that i can think of where i'm like that's why i got kicked out of that neighborhood that's why the cops came after me this is a problem and, that i'm not white <laughs> yeah they're like this is an issue this this suburb is not a fan of me and because i i mean i look relatively pale-ish for my summer but like in the middle of the summer i get really 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 dark and yeah. uh <laughs> this was this was a this is actually a pretty good story it's a longer part of a longer story but i had a, a first year following me and uh he's from burma and so we're both like dark as can be it's toward the end of the summer just blazing in the huntsville heat and uh i never walked to doors i for except this past summer because things were a little different because i was a little bit more relaxed i sprinted to every single door for three summers straight every door because i was like why not <laughs> and so anyway this suburb probably Good saw me you. in this thank you they saw me and this kid just sprinting around their neighborhood in the middle of the day and we're like they're gonna take our children from us and so they called the cops <laughs> yeah yeah good so good but that was Feels like the great, only time yeah. other than that everybody especially in the country also i can you know i'm i'm from the south i can play into the southern i can do the draw i can do the sweetheart can thing. you so, okay oh, okay yeah. okay can you do your voicemail just part of it in a southern draw <laughs> yeah. can you turn it on yeah <laughs> andre it's nadia Concon from jackson i hope your week is treating you well just want to give you an update we've officially launched market link pro 2.0 as of monday <laughs> june 5th <laughs> so anyway it's all about camouflage it's all about blending in it's about you know i'm working big brick big neighborhoods i'm like hmm, hmm. hmm. yes indubitably exactly but uh otherwise you know i love the country that was i'm the one that. that's been selling all the literature that's how you say in big brick yeah, yeah. all the school educational literature <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Amazing. You yeah. are awesome. This is so fun. Um, okay. Last question about back to Jackson and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what, sure. What's um, I, 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 money stuff I can nerd out about for an hour. So maybe um, what's your, like, what's the North star? Like what was you, you, you know, you're fresh in and you're fresh out of the book field, fresh into this industry as of now. I mean, plans always change, right? So you never know what happens next year even, but um where are you at right now? What are you looking towards? Like, what's your goal? Where's your vision going towards? What's, what's the big picture? Yeah. Um, man, um, that's a, also a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I think that is the perfect answer for me at this point, because tentatively what I would want to do is right now I'm an internal wholesaler. I'd want to be an external. I'd want to be out there in the field, meeting people face to face, you know, being able to meet with clients. 
being able to talk about this stuff to people at the end consumer. Um, but I think a really big part of last year and me not passing those exams was that I was looking so far into the future and not being super present and not following the tenants of Southwestern, like be where you are. Um, so I've made a, a huge goal this year to just like, hey, what's the next best thing I can do? So the next best thing for me, the next stop is my a promotion in a few months. Just when you move up in levels, it's a tiered system. Um, that's the next thing. But at this point, based on what I know now, and I know there's still a lot to learn, going external would be really, really great. There's a lot of good things that I've seen come from that. My dad did it for years. Um, so I've seen the the out of the work-life balance. I've seen a lot of the life side of it, not so much of the work side, just getting, you know, exposed to that. So mm. that's, um, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Great answer. Thanks. Look at you go. Jeez, we just we're peeling back more and more layers of this juicy Nadia Khan onion. Like just <laughs> I went to a coexist church. All right. <laughs> In the intro, we got to that. That's you're good at what you do, too. That was like <laughs> we're just like, whoa. Whoa. Coexist. Do you do you have a coexist tattoo? No. Oh, that I'm sure been. all of the people <laughs> watching this are like, that makes sense. People who didn't know that are probably like. <laughs> okay, we get you now. That you know, that's uh, wait. Why do you say that? Clicking. <laughs> Just my good friends who are and, and people who know me who were probably like, who have probably heard me go on this rant before about you know churches and the Bible Belt and stuff, and they're probably like, what is she talking about? Not realizing yeah. that my parents dragged me to the homeschool coexist church for a couple of years. So, <laughs> for all of you listening in, um, check it out. It's a great experience just to see. And you meet really cool people. You might not stick around, but you'll get something out of it. So it's it'll be a story to tell. <laughs> maybe, you'll tell story. It, maybe you'll tell it on a podcast somewhere. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, great, great stuff. All right, um, let's uh, let's get into some Southwestern stuff. How do you feel about that? Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now let me. I'll ask you. Uh, we'll start out with how you get start. You know how you got recruited. But before we get into that, I do want to give a shout out to some of our partners here on the show because, look. This works because people uh, have plugged in and have really, really benefited from uh, just the network that we're able to reach. Uh, and that includes, you know, our partners here on the show. So I wanted to give you guys a quick word from uh, one of our partners, Cardinal Senior Benefits. It's just 30 seconds. Please don't skip ahead. It means a lot to us that you listen uh, and it means a lot to them. Plus, people have actually found careers because of these ads. So you never know who you know, or even if yourself, you're looking for something. This might be the answer. So. We'll be back in a second. Awesome. Hey guys, this is Pedro Vega with Cardinal Senior Benefits. I'm talking about leads today. Okay, leads are, are a, a system for getting in front of people. So we're not just working harder. Obviously, we all know how to do that, 80 hours a week, yada, 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 but working smarter. You know, instead of spending 70, 80% of our time just trying to find somebody, why not invest in leads that allow you to spend 60 to 70% of the time actually talking to somebody? It changed everything for me, changed my lifestyle and I wouldn't have it any other way. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys. Whoop! enjoy this show is what he was supposed to say. Got cut out. <laughs> oh man. All right. Hey, shout out to Pedro. If you guys want more information about our partners and how to get more details on the positions, we have real estate and insurance right now, but there's probably more on the way. So keep checking the description notes below. So just scroll down if you want more information on that. So, all right, Nadia, back to our conversation. Thanks for 
Thanks for hanging tight there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? All of our sponsors are alumni. I was going to say, I definitely have heard that guy's name and seen his face. And he's talking about 80 hours a week. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah, really Pe- cool. Pedro was a badass. <laughs> Pedro was a DSL way before you were in Southwestern, but he was like on the wall of grades, recruited like 20 people teams, gotcha. big best teams. He was like the Edgar before Edgar. Shout out to Pedro. Yeah, Pedro Vega, baby. We love you, homie. All right. So speaking of recruiting, you know, you were probably minding your own business in the University of Alabama, which I will ask you what it's like to go to school there because I I, I went to Nebraska where, you know, 20 years before I went to school there, we were winning all the championships and we were the team to beat. So I didn't get to experience what that's like. Um, So we'll probably get into that. But um, how did you get into Southwestern? What the heck happened? you know, tell us your origin story, if you will. All right, here we go. Buckle up. So I was not wandering around campus. I, uh, I was actually born on the book field, Andres. What the heck do you, (laughs) (laughs) clip it, clip that. We're going to put that on our TikTok or whatever. Clip it. I was. I actually genuinely was born in a trailer in North Carolina during the middle of the summer. Uh, Mom wasn't selling that that year, but uh, but my dad was. And uh, yeah, I uh, so I was literally born to do this. Um, Wow! (laughs) It was during his fifteenth summer, and uh, yeah, um, I was born. The next day, my dad went back out, kept knocking. He was like, "What am I going to do? Sit there?" The answer lies behind the next door. Actually, yeah. cures fear. See yeah, they need they needed diapers, and the store was out. They had to go. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's that's actually really cool. People are often very surprised to hear that, um, but yeah. I I love that part of my story. I think it's really cool. So I grew up. Well, we we actually lived another two summers on the book field. Um, my dad was recruiting at Virginia Tech. And he had, gosh, you have to get him on here. He has so many stories. He had a team of Indians and Malaysian people. Uh, yeah, complete. They were they were the uh, the Malaysian Asian persuasion invasion. Yeah, that was their. You should have gone with East from the East, but that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> anyway, so spent a couple years um, in Virginia with them. Grew up hearing about Southwestern. My dad was always like, "You're gonna sell books. You're gonna sell books," and I was like. There's no way I'm doing that. That sounds awful. Um, got to college and my mom was like, hey, you know, you don't have to do that. Really good buying atmosphere. And nice. I was like, oh, this is going to be really good for me if I do it. It's going to be really good for me. So I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I signed up. I actually went cold my first summer because I was like, I'm not ready, um, which it turned out to be a blessing. I wouldn't have had my summers go any other way. Um but yeah, summer after um, the summer after my sophomore year of college, I went out and uh, sold in Michigan. So I, yeah. So okay. So hold on before you get to Michigan because I want to hear about Michigan. So at what point did you meet Jake though? Like who when you when you first got like officially introduced to someone connected to the company? What mm-hmm. was it like? was it Jake or like where does Jake come into the story? Yeah, so Jake Chesney, as some of you probably know from past people in here, he sold in the 90s. He came back, uh, rebuilt this organization, has done an incredible job with the Triple Threat organization, which I am proud to call myself a part of. 
Um, they're actually out there right now just crushing it, yeah. um, which is impressive. I couldn't, I'm, I'm really proud of them. But anyway, yeah, he, uh, he was on his second summer back. So he didn't, he barely had an organization. He had stolen a couple kids from Eagle Blitz, another organization to lead the group. So my, my OL that summer was a girl from Eagle Blitz who I'm good friends with now. And uh, who, so I met who that is who that Emma is Barnett. Oh, Emma. Dude, we love yeah. Emma. Yeah. Emma's a fan of the show. Uh, I can't wait. Emma, this is for you. I'm doing all this for you. You're the girl. <laughs> we love Shout out to Emma. Um, anyway, so I actually, yeah, I met Jake and my student leader, Rachel Morton, who was uh, two years older than me at Alabama at the time on campus. They freaked me out. I went cold. And then a couple <laughs> months later, I reached back out and was like, okay, I'm ready to do this after that summer. What freaked you out about it? Uh, <laughs> well, it was just super intense. And I was like, wait, I don't understand. And I, uh, I think it was one of Rachel's first, she's going to laugh when she hears this. Uh, I think it was one of her first meetings about recruiting. Cause she was just sitting there like this, <laughs> staring at me while Jake's talking to me. And I just remember like kind of looking over her and being like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> so, <laughs> but then we lived together for two summers. She's one of my best friends going to be in my wedding. And, um, yeah, but <laughs> that was my that's, first impression. That's hilarious. Yeah. What made you decide, like, what was the thing that ticked? I was like asking this because, you know, I mean, for, I mean, you, you had kind of a unique story from a recruiting standpoint, but like, generally speaking, we all, all of us that sold, there had to have been a point because nobody drags us out there. You know, I mean, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody puts you in a van and drops you off at the headquarters and then you know, teaches you the sales talk. You choose to get in your car and or a friend's car to drive to Nashville and be there and do this thing. So what was it for you, the push? And it, you know, it could have been the money, but maybe not. It could have been the whole oh, travel, but like, what was the thing that clicked for you that you're like, this is what I have to do. You know, if my parents hadn't been a part of it, and I think this is really special, probably wouldn't have done it. Whoa. Yeah. If I had just heard about it, I probably would have been like, I'm never doing that. Um, and I couldn't be more lucky in that. And I think a bit, the biggest part of it was hearing all my parents' stories growing up here knowing their friends and what like incredible people they are and growing up with, with their kids and um, seeing the culture that comes after selling books. And the people that you hang on to and the community, that is what sold me on it. And I knew over a year, for years and years and years, my dad was, both my parents were just like, it's so, it's hard, but it's awesome. And they talked it up so much. And I was like, I'm the oldest, I have to. So, <laughs> so I did. And um, I kind of sold myself into it along the way because I didn't want to, I didn't want to at first. Um, That's but, I, I knew that I was going to make my family proud. I knew it was going to be good for me. I knew it was going to make money. Um, I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like because I, you know, differently than a lot of people, I had an idea of what it looked like. And um, it was nothing like what I expected it to be, as most people <laughs> would probably say. Um, but there was never like a light bulb moment for me. Well, not until I, not until I got to sales school. Where I was like, this is going to be like, this is exactly what I want to do with my summer. Yeah. So Dan Moore comes out and starts doing his speech and you're like, ah. I don't like, Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and honestly, like 
this was probably a toxic thing then, and I, I recognize it now. Um, a lot of recognition. Yeah. People, my, you know, there were my dad. Dan Moore met my dad beforehand. So Dan Moore is actually technically the one. Nope, Dustin. One of them is the one who recruited me. Dan Moore, Dustin Hillis. I can never keep it straight. So my dad texted Dustin Hillis. Nope, Dan Moore, who texted Dustin Hillis, who texted Jake, who texted Rachel, who called me. So my story is that Dustin Hillis and Dan Moore recruited me. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I just tell people. <laughs> this is great. We haven't had somebody who got recruited by Dustin or Dan. Yeah. So here we go. You're the there first. There you go. <laughs> so alrighty, I love that. I love that. But you get to sales school, you see this energy. I always like asking about how sales school went in general because it's so unique. Yeah. <laughs> For a training program that it blows people away. What what do you recall from your first sales school? Oh, intensity. Um so Emma was our OL and she oh. <laughs> she ran that thing like a Navy SEAL. I mean, it was, I was, I was so terrified and like had no idea what was going on. Um, I, I was also her roommate during sales school and shout out to myself, the very first, first year to ever beat her to the shower in her entire Southwestern career. Let's so go. only the boat I, people know the significance <laughs> of that. Like. <laughs> oh, it was a brawl. She had like a gash down her back. It was like we were like wrestling in the in the in the hotel room six in the morning. I'm so proud of um, you. Thank you. I, I, that's you know, really impressive. And I know Emma <laughs> enough to be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I solidified a place in her heart, which is awesome. And uh, I stand by that for good. Um, but it was crazy. So I mean, we were in the hotel that was so uh, it was at the very bottom of the hill. So the company's at the top of this, probably it's probably a mile long all the way to the stoplight. It's a long way. It's a long way, maybe not a mile, but anyway, you're expecting you run up the whole way in the morning. And I ran track in high school, but I had not run uphill that long in a long time. So that was my first thing was like, I have to do this every single day and I have to run back down. Um, so that set a really good standard for me. Like, okay, this is what it's going to be like. Um, held myself to a really high standard. The recognition was super important to me during sales school. I wanted to be number one. I remember <laughs> I have a text to, you probably know Tesla Plant too. Yeah, if I okay. Yeah. yeah, I had a text. I, I was looking back through my messages. I had a text from her and this is so embarrassing. And anybody who sold books now is, it's like cringeworthy. Before the summer, I had texted her and been like, hey, Tessa, can I get some advice from you? I'm planning on being top three first year in the company. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's like one of those. That's so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. And just and she was so nice. She was so she was like, okay, no. Um, Why did so you anyway. let me do that? One? Yeah. Oh, so arrogant. Anyway, and everybody in that organization now in my org now, the people I worked with, they laugh and laugh at me because I was so. I was such a know-it-all and I wanted to be number one. I thought I was great. I just had this chip on my shoulder and classic, man, classic take this... yourself too seriously versus what you do seriously. Oh, I thought I was hot shit. Like going into that, I really did. And I can laugh at myself now because I was immediately humbled. <laughs> oh yeah. You eat it right away. Those are the people. Did you have to do the the reality check or the, Oh, yeah. oh. We haven't had time. Shana Short we... did mine. She made oh me cry. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. God I cried and cried I and cried. Shana. Mm -hmm. I know Shana. She's from Nebraska. I've worked with Shana. 
Yeah. She she can be she's perfect for that role. <laughs> Let's just say they that. should just pay her to do that full just time. Just do honestly. that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, oh. dude, I can't I mean I saw I saw Virgie Sanford do that once, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we should explain because you're probably going to share this with people who are your friends who did not sure. tell books. So let's explain. I love explaining what this is because this is so intense. So, <laughs> all right. One of the things you could follow Southwestern for a lot of things, which maybe later in the episode we can get to that because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of things to fix. But and we don't always have to talk about them. Anyway, you can fault Southwestern for a lot of things, but one thing you cannot fault them for, I don't care what any YouTube person says, because there's a lot of people talking shit about Southwestern or YouTube or Reddit or whatever, is you cannot say that they didn't prep you well for what you were about to experience when you finally go out. Now, it's a tall task in general because you, until you get out to sell books and you start knocking on the doors, it you cannot picture it no matter how. Like everybody's first door with what they pictured was a completely different thing that they thought it was going to be. So to be fair, there is some of that that there's no amount of preparation that's going to get you until you just do it. But for as much as you best as you can do, this is how they do it. So what the reality check is is you've been doing this training all week. So you get there on a Sunday. Sorry if this is a long explanation, but this is worth explaining because no, it is absolutely. So, so you get there on a Sunday, and you know, at first, uh, your first year, there's managers who are in their second, third, fourth, fifth, up to twelfth summers, and you're knocking on their quote-unquote door. Usually, it's just like their iPad or their binder, and basically, what it means is you, you just literally go up to them, you tap on their binder, and you say. Their, your approach and they're supposed to be open to be able to help you unless like something's happening but generally speaking they'll go oh, okay and you sit down or you you know you start doing your spiel hey my name is andres i'm the one that's blah 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 blah. and at the beginning on sunday because you're doing your training they eventually just give you pretty good softballs you know basic questions like total pony ideal moms you're they, they always let you in and then they critique you on what you can do better and whatever and you're like i'm so confident because everybody's Buying, which is a great thing. As the week progresses, they're instructed to just kind of get more difficult and more difficult as you go along to kind of start helping you deal with the rejection and or objections that you might get at a door. Um, but the reality check, which is on a Thursday or a Wednesday night, yeah. uh, well into, <clears throat> into the week. At this point, you've kind of like really are supposed to be past the approach. But, and what people don't know is they pick three different first years to do this. And so they're going to pick the one that's the most confident, like overconfident, kind of like it sounds like you were, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I guess I'm like, you had to have been the one that did this. Yeah. Okay. They pick the person that's struggling probably the most, whether they're behind in their sales talk or they're kind of like more of the lazy and not lazy, but like maybe not the ones that are sprinting as hard, the ones that aren't like that are sitting in the shade. Right. And then they pick the one that they think is actually doing the best and you don't know who's who. Right. And so, and the first years have no idea why they're being selected. It seems that it's at random, but it's not. Okay. There's different versions of what happens next, but essentially, long story short, is there's a point where they go and sit, and for 45 minutes, they just have the three different people go and knock in front of the rest of the organization. So there's like a group of 20 kids. Sometimes you make a circle, sometimes you make mm-hmm. a row. But the idea is that the person that's doing the reality check, in your case, it was Shana Short. I've seen different people do it. It's incredible. And yeah. they are supposed to be as realistic as possible in f- so f- to these three people. 
And so it'll, they'll say, okay, Nadia, you're first. And you either have to run around the circle in front of all the other kids that are doing this. And mm -hmm. you got to start doing their approach. And boy, are they realistic with how it is in the book field, which is why I'm like, you can't fault them for not prepping you because they for sure try their best. And it's brutal, brutal brutal um to the kids the two kids that are too cocky and the one that's the ones that are struggling don't ever get in the door after their time and they're sprinting the whole time and the one that does finally gets in at the end where they go okay come on in and then everybody cheers and it's a big moment so that's worth explaining because yeah it is <laughs> there's people who after they get done with that like virgie sanford did it and she's so good she's brutal virgie's like the kindest butterfly human soft love filled person you'll ever meet and she can turn on this mean she lady. can turn it on oh and my people gosh fucking hate her like you usually end up not liking the person that does your reality check right in fact i was in sales school i was in sales school this last mm -hmm. year and someone was like hey do you want to do the reality check and i'm like i was going to like let's do it and then i was like actually no because i actually like that people like me for the show and there is a solid chance that whoever i do it to yeah. would not like because you just don't like so let's hear about I have your a story about that actually <laughs> oh so i mean no that was just and and the other thing is the first year is the people doing this real deal we call it the real deal now oh, i sure. don't know yeah what a big deal anyway they don't know what's going on they just think <laughs> it's a drill they have no idea what's coming they have no they, so what happens is the org leader is like so emma at this point is like hey guys this is shana she's one of my my best friends we were first years together i am so excited to to show her what you guys have done and she starts barking orders you're getting line you're touching shoulders if you're in your standing there just like this holding your book bag just like afraid it's like marines it's like the drill yes. sergeant in the room. like no talking no smiling no laughing or it's like there she's coming for you and uh yeah it's like she oh and shana she is like a drill sergeant and i love shana you know i think that honestly bonded us i was terrified of her for a while but now she lives in nashville actually yeah. so i see her every now and then um but she we're all sitting in a line like this and she's walking in front of us just looking at our faces slowly and she stops in front of me and she turns and she goes you and i was like and so i she's like start running and i was like oh my gosh okay and i'm like you know i'm going i'm going to the door I just started crying. <laughs> it's like yeah. I would like I would like be crying on the outside of the circle, and then when I got to her, I'd have to pretend I wasn't crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal, man. And like oh, to watch when great. you watch someone else going through, you're like, this is insane. Well, so last summer, before I knew I was coming back, I did two of them, and one of them ended up being the org that was part of our org. <laughs> so I did the real oh. deal for these kids. Oh yeah. That's important yeah. to note. Usually it's a person from a different org. So it, because it yeah. does cause that kind of impact for a while with the person where you actually do not respect them at all. And you yep. like, you hate them. You like hate them. it actually happens. And so it usually it's a different org leader. So that way, like you're like, it doesn't compromise your summer. Cause it, it will last, like you'll get back to checkout and see the person that did your real deal or whatever. And you're like, fuck that person. <laughs> yeah. Like you suck. Like I hate you. You ruined my summer. Yeah. yeah. I did two back to back, like did oh, one, turn, walked across the parking lot, did the other. It was so mentally exhausting. I'll never do one again. Like I felt so bad being so mean to these kids and you can see the, their hope dying in their eyes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> We've never had someone. I mean, we've never. There, we probably had people on here who've done it, but we've never got into what it's like to be on your end. Yeah, it's so sad. It's 
so brutal. sad because you can't smile. And it's like, you know, all of these kids, the student leaders who were there, who were, they know the deal. The first years are like, what's going on? And you're just standing there with this like mean face. And I can do a really mean face. Like I can't. And that's why people ask me to do it. I think is just because I can. Oh my God, that is scary. Holy and shit. they come and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, and, and basically it's like, I don't you're, know if we should like role play this or what, but it's if like, you want to, you're like, what the fuck do you want? Like, yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing on my porch? Do you hear the baby crying? And they're I'm, just who are you? Like, I'm just, and, I'm and just, you just keep interrupting them. And they're like, I, 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 oh, it's, it is awful. These poor, poor children. Anyway. So the first group they ended up, I, and it's like, you go up to them after like, six months later and you're like, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so the first group was not part of our org. The second group that I did it, this was before I knew I was coming back last summer. Uh, I had a kid sass me in the middle of it. Oh yeah. That happens. We had my fourth summer, it, the kid caught almost like, like physical, not fit. Like the kid was like yeah. talking back. He's like, dude, it was just a drill. Like, and, and he was like, it was actually kind of like we almost had to like push him back because he was gonna like punch the oh like gosh. it was like dude it was we were just a, like yeah but anyway sorry so so you didn't know you were coming back you did yeah so i did it to this group anyway we ended up having almost every single sunday meeting with these kids and i had to show up to the sunday meeting like hey guys and they're all like like this girl's here and uh the kid who sassed me I hope you never watch this. You know who you are. Uh, yeah, he was so afraid of me the whole summer. Couldn't still still can't really look me in the eye. Like never got over, <laughs> never got so over. So far, it takes a couple of years. It takes a long time. It really does. Poor thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll never do it again. Anyway, I, this is a long. This uh, is, I love it. No, this is great. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that we live for. These are the stories <laughs> yeah. you're like, we don't get these often and they're fun. Those they're poor fun. Kids. God. Yeah. And it's brutal. like, it's one of those things that keeps you up at night too. You think about how sad, cause they're smiling, they're excited. And you're like, mean as can be and their faces just kind of drop. And then they have to smile again. because they, yeah. They're training. So anyway, but the thing is like, again, back to this, it's, that's what it is. I mean, yeah. that's the job. Totally. You're doing that for 14 hours. I mean, if you, and it, it, you're not always mean, not every time that they're coming right. around. You're like, it's supposed to be realistic. So sometimes realistic. you're like, hey, we're not interested. Thanks. Or sometimes you're not home. So I saw somebody like one time they just like <laughs> didn't answer and the kid didn't know what to do. So then he like, kept running and he yeah, didn't no answer way. for like five doors like straight, you know, because that that, that happens, you know. And so it re when they call it reality check, it is, actually is pretty realistic. And so it's not even the manager's fault. And people listening who didn't sell books might go, oh, my God, that's so mean. But it's like, no, like mm -hmm. you have to do that because it's actually meaner to not really prep them and think that everybody's going to open the door. Like, can you imagine that if you never did that and then those kids get out there and yeah. then they start selling the first day and they're, they're going to feel like they got lied to extremely bad. Like it's, so you have to give them that and, and be like, this is what it's actually going to be like, sorry. And it's going to be 14 hours of this. Do you still want to come out? And they give you a chance to not, you know, they get the, sure. the kid that's struggling the most that usually that's the kid that gets sent home before he even goes out to the book field because it's like, Hey, this is what it's going to be like. And we picked you because you're struggling. Like, do you, are you sure you want to do this? And it sucks, but it's the best thing you could do for them. You know, mm -hmm. they, this, it's life, baby. Get a helmet. 
you know? Totally. And the reason why it's such a shock, uh, just even more background is because all week long, our job as student leaders is to empower these kids and teach them. Like we, we're their coaches, we're their sales leaders. Like everything they're learning is from us. So for four straight days of constant, like you're doing great, you're doing great to this, it's it's a complete 180. And that's why it's so shocking. Because number one, they don't know what's going on. And um, to get somebody into this business as well, like to get them like, you, you can't, you can't do a real deal at the beginning. You can't show them what it's actually like. You have to work them up to the point yeah. where they're confident enough in themselves and their approach that they can handle the drill itself. So it's, yeah. it's intense, but it's necessary. Amen. Amen to that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. Thanks for that. This, that was a great chunk. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you, you were somebody who both experienced it and did it. That's, that's the best. Um, for sure. So, okay. Michigan. So you get to Michigan how was i like going through people's first first like door if you can remember it you probably do because you've remembered a lot of stuff so first door first customer right maybe first sit down like for like walk me through these mm -hmm. first if you, if you can yeah my first day gosh okay so michigan was fantastic i was living with rachel morton the girl who recruited recruited me and uh i was so positive unlike anybody you'd ever seen i was so coachable we get up there we don't have an hq uh, we knocked for two days looking for an HQ and I'm like, Whoa, like this is going to be great. Like great attitude. The end of day two. I'm like, yeah, we're going to find somewhere to live. And later Rachel's telling me, she's like, I'm shitting my pants trying to figure out where we're going to live this summer. But you were so positive. We're knocking from sun up to sundown for two days looking for an HQ. And I'm like, this is normal. This we're going to just, just go with it. They told me this <laughs> so is going to happen. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. But I genuinely had no fear. I just had so much belief that it was going to work out. Um, so we ended up finding one. Uh, and that was that was awesome. Uh, it was a uh, we did the church service approach as well. So either you knock and ask people not you won't go up for those who didn't sell books. You don't ask people, hey, can I live with you? The approach is Hey, um, my name's Nadia. I'm up here for the summer doing this really cool internship and looking for a place to stay. Do you know anybody who might have an extra bedroom or a basement? Like we're really only there to like eat, sleep and shower. Um, who can you think of? And that's the approach. It's not so much like, please let me live with you. I didn't know that at the time. So there were a couple houses where the moms were just relatively nice to me. And I went back and I was like, please, can we live with you? <laughs> And I remember this one mom was like, I don't know you. And, and you know, I was like, because I started to lose hope, you know, here and there. They got, yeah. Um, anyway. Puppy eyes. I know I went back. <laughs> I went about 15 minutes after knocking on her door because she was our best prospect. Poor, poor lady. She's like, who is this crazy little girl running around? Um, so we, we did the church church approach as well, which is, you know, you go to churches and you're like, Hey, can anybody host us for a couple nights for, you know, uh, the, it was, a there was a college in my turf and because I was selling in that turf and, uh, the, the youth pastor and his wife were like, Hey, yeah, yeah. I can sleep with us. We have two other college kids staying with us. Oh, I need to find a picture. Anyway. Um, stayed with them for a couple nights. I'm like relying on Rachel for everything. And uh, 
we just never said anything. And they were like, hey, we went online and we signed this host family thing. So you guys are just going to stay for the summer. We were like, okay. Cool. I know. It worked out really nicely. Um, it was like a family. It was the husband and wife. They were like in their early, late 20s, early 30s. Two brothers who went to their church who lived in the basement. And then Rachel and I in the spare bedroom. And so we do like every night we'd come home at, you know, 1030. And they're like, do you want to watch a movie? Do you guys hear some ice cream? Like they just wanted to spend time with us so badly. And it was you just can't. the saddest. We can't. Saturdays we definitely did. But yeah, first first couple weeks Ooh. were interesting. Um, I'd never been to Michigan. So I it was it was freezing too. I don't know. Where did you sell? Uh, excuse me. I sold in... Um... Massachusetts, upstate New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, a little bit of Maine, Connecticut. Oh, wow. Okay. And Pennsylvania. So, Holy cow. Yeah. Dang. You were all over. Okay. Yeah. But this, there are small states. So, like, you would like cross lines all the time. But yeah. New England, essentially, was the, Gotcha. For mm -hmm. sure. So, you know, it's like different. <laughs> yeah. It snowed my first day of Vermont, like my fourth oh. summer. It's like I got out to, the cold shower was extra cold. I'm like, why does this feel like? I mean, I've taken cold showers, but this is like, oof. And you walk outside, my car's covered in snow. I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like a blizzard, but it was there was right. a little bit. I'm like, that's new. It's May. It's like late May. Like, Don't get that into the sea. <laughs> um, no, but no, I'll May. never. I will never forget the Michigan cold showers like at that because it was so, so cold. It would be in like the mid 40s, the first few weeks. And mm -hmm. I was like, what am You're I doing? Like a sweatshirt here? So, yeah. yeah, literally. And um, very first door I knocked on <laughs> was the worst door that I ever knocked on in my entire book selling career. Oh, do tell, do tell, please. Well, it wasn't, friend. I just never. So, it's 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 759. I'm I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. I know exactly which door I'm knocking on. I go and knock on the door and there's a this woman screams at the top of her lungs and she's like, "What the f are you doing? Get the f out of here." First door, first day. I'm like, "Shayna was so nice." Oh my god. I'm like, "Okay, sorry." And I take off and I'm like, oh and I remember thinking, like, wait, it can't get any worse than that. Oh, man. That was, was so good. It was like a little Nadia just, like, oh, still overconfident, like, still. Yeah, I wore my hair in a little braid every day and wore the same hat. I was in with my little shiny fanny pack. I was Affirmation so, I was... towards the door was, I'm going to be top three. Here we go. <laughs> I was so anyway it was like this like old lady too so it sounded terrifying and I was just like Brutal. never got worse than that and never got yelled at like that ever 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 again first oh, door man. so man. anyway Must I remember running away laughing cells. and being like what am I doing I, I got that a lot a lot a lot oh, and it didn't so help funny. it didn't help that uh my beard grew. I try to keep um, it short, but like, yeah. you know, you just try to like, some days you just don't have time to, to trim it. So like you get to the end of the week and you had a little stuff like today, the older I looked, the more I got like, no, <laughs> right. people did not like it that I, that I was approaching their house or a dart in the dark. Mm, bad mm. news. <laughs> 
See, I I always felt a lot more confident than the guys, especially at night, because I was just like, I would shine my, you know, you have your iPad on, bright light, and you're just smiling like a maniac. Some people definitely thought I was crazy, but, you know. That's part uh, of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, yeah. First customer was this really sweet lady who was just so nice and bought a math set from me. I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't know how to work my my app, my order taking app. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what was happening. Oh my god! And then the same, and I, but I was diligently working. I worked the same street. I remember my second day, I reworked the same street doing gravy, which is like cleanup from the day before. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I knocked on this guy door, this guy's older guy's door do my approach. And he's like, Nadia, you were here yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> okay, bye. And I ran away. <laughs> I had no idea what to say. Oh, this is really awkward, man. Yeah. Second day, I'm like, obviously doing my approach. Hi, my name is Nadia. Just you know, super just like, the, just super like robotic the robotic and yeah. Great attitude. Great attitude. Um, you were like, oh, have you not heard about me? No, we have. Like yesterday. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like looking at my map like it's at, like it's messed up. I'm like, oh my God, this something's something is messed up here. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> it took off. I remember doing that. I was like, oh, my map is broken. Okay, bye. And I ran away. Oh, glitch oh, technology, okay. am I right? And he's like, like watching me run away. This old man, poor guy. He's like, who? What is happening here? Anyway, it was good. And then a, like a couple, I think it was my second or third day. And you know, you're awful at the job. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And this lady, I demoed her. Um, she whipped out $300 cash. I didn't know how to take cash. I didn't know how to enter it in the system. So I was like, I can't take it. I don't know how. <laughs> so I didn't take it. And I ran away. And she was like, solid customer. You said no. I said no. <laughs> well, Mrs. Jones, I promise you, only if we both thought that you should get these. And I don't, yeah, think, get these. I don't think it's good Why for not? You. Because... I don't have a cash oh, drawer. So I, I, I was go. like, I don't know how to enter. I don't know how to do this. I'm new. <laughs> she, yeah. I went back. It was her mom's house. I remember I wrote her a note and, and I left it on the porch and I was like, please tell Miss Terry to call me. <laughs> and she, you know, obviously never did, but That's anyway, it was great. I, uh, I, I wanted to be great that summer. I wanted to do well. I was, it, the recognition was my fatal flaw that summer, and it, I just wanted to be a top first year. Yeah. So, it took me okay. a while to get over that. Michigan, and mm -hmm. you, okay, so I, I have a couple of questions. I don't even know which one to go with first. Okay, we'll just start with this. Your first week, when you get that first customer, that feeling of like, oh my God, it works. Like when, when someone says yes to you, like there's like the feeling when you get a first sit down when someone's like, sure, I'll sit down, and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. shoot. Well, how does this go I after this? Because you're you've been seeing the approach so much that you're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like I said, my name's Andres, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a college student from the University of Nebraska. Nod, <laughs> like the awkward. So that's fun when the, when the customer says, "Yeah, I'll take it," and they and they give you their address for the green card, right? Yeah. 
would describe that feeling of like you're like (laughs) 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 yeah the feeling of it working man it's like I mean, it takes a couple times, right? It takes filling out that green card more than once for it to be like, wait, I actually understand that there's a flow and there's a structure to this that I didn't see before. Like, I understand where I'm supposed to ask questions. I actually do remember the exact moment that it clicked for me. It was with this this sweet lady who probably was giving me the benefit of the doubt also. It was probably terrible then too. It was like week two maybe. Um, And you know, you're burning through tear if your first summer. (laughs) I mean. There's houses untouched. But you have like, no idea. Like you just miles of green that I didn't. I yeah. I was like, that's that's not my. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> like you don't. Yeah, um, especially <laughs> quick tangent before the when yeah. you 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 it hits you the most when you go and start doing your like delivery schedule, and you start going back to the turf and you look back at the map and you're like. What the hell was I doing? Oh. <laughs> Look at this entire street. I never even said. And there's kid signs everywhere. There's everywhere. They have a trampoline up front. Like, what was I doing? Yeah. I remember there was this one road specifically in Michigan because I was working in a city called Saginaw, which is, well, the township, because the city of Saginaw is one of the most dangerous in the entire country. But about two minutes outside of that, it's a really, really nice area. So I worked the super nice area. Um, Rachel and I made friends with the cops like they took pictures with us came and ate breakfast with us every day like it was great um but quick tangent and we'll get back to to your question my my dad my parents both came in and worked with me during deliveries um every summer except this past summer oh no this summer too and uh my dad I mean he was number one in the in the their company year after year like he was just really really good he was, he was the guy, the, and he he, he did it by Peter Petkoff. He was he literally was the Peter Petkoff. Yeah, he like broke the records, and just he was great. Um, so he'd follow me during deliveries, and we'd drive by like five houses, you know, five. And he's like, "What about them? What about them? You missed them? Like you didn't get? They didn't buy anything from me every single summer." And I'm like, "Papa, like no, they didn't buy from me. <laughs> I didn't." Like- Sorry. Yeah, every single summer he's like, I have they to have teach. kids. I know. Like, or they I didn't. They and he'd be kids. like, I have to teach you how to sell books. I'm like, oh. okay, gosh. Because he was so good at every single you have to get him on. He has so many good stories of Yeah, we'll do he it. He didn't realize what free approach was, so he knocked on literally every single door. Let's like, do it. Well, we know <laughs> we we're we're looking for that's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. Good free approach is good stuff. That's funny. We yeah, have, we'll get we back have, to that though. But we we'll have, have, yeah, we have a family. We have a family like month, but we're trying to get like fam- like the Hurleys have kids, and then they both sold right or like yeah, the Gorders or the Barnetts, where it's like the whole family sold. Yeah, the, uh, the Varbergs, right? Their parents sold, and so it's like we have we're starting to find enough that maybe it's like, and again, your parents still count because they sold for Varsity, which is it's might as well have been a sister company, so that counts. Exactly. That counts. Plus they knew it was started by book guys so to me i don't care that's hilarious right and i mean it's exactly the same thing just different publishing company and my little sister and brother both sold my brother's on his third third week right now so that's hilarious yeah anyway uh david shout out david maybe we'll send him this episode to listen to (laughs) during his time okay so so we were talking about the the story of when you when it clicked for you when like when you were like oh this is how it works 
Yeah, it's um, it's such an interesting. It, it's not. It's really hard to put in words. And I know people, everybody who sold books kind of gets this. It's like it's more of a feeling where you're in the zone. You find your zone, and what works for you. You get in the flow where it's like the words are coming out. They they're not scripted anymore. They sound normal. You're actually connecting with someone. They're interested in what you have to say. They're not just taking pity on you because you're. Yeah standing outside and sweating yeah. like they Your names are clicking like, <laughs> yeah you know you like you say oh yeah susan was talking about this and they're like oh yeah and you're like yeah you know because stacy she's struggling with math and you know she plays volleyball and they're like oh my god like and then they comment on really? how much you know about the community and yeah, and, and you, you know secrets of the you know you're like oh they're actually getting divorced and they're like oh, how do you know that <laughs> like, oh wait i have so much to say about that when we get because i want to we'll, we'll move on to my later summers soon because i yeah but anyway, that was a really, really cool feeling. Her name was Jamie. And uh, yeah, she was great. I remember during deliveries, she wasn't home, but her husband was. And, you know, during deliveries, there's a whole other training session that we have during the summer that, you know, delivery school, and they teach you how to deliver. And the crew method I was talking about earlier, which is calm people down, resell them, explain the situation and work out a way to get them the books. But they're like, bring a bucket with everything into the each house and show them everything. So this dad who has no idea who I am, he doesn't even know that I was there to deliver books. I don't think she told him I was coming. I'm in his living room. He's standing there looking at me and I'm pulling out every book that we have trying to tack on. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. I love those stories. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Before we get into your later summers and kind of how mm -hmm. that summer, the rest of your Michigan summer, I do want to ask one more type of thing that I haven't talked about in a long time, or I think maybe only once or twice, but you kind of alluded to this uh, earlier, but the Saturdays, the 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday, when you just get out of the last house, especially after you had a week where you just ruled, like it was, you cranked yeah. it. Can you describe that drive home? Just that feeling. <sighs> oh, absolutely. bliss. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I didn't check my, I guess this adds into it. I didn't check my stats at all during the week. Never looked at them until Saturday night. Um, started out my first summer, did that all four summers. And it was. Should always do it that way. Oh, it was so much better. Cause I was like, it doesn't matter. Like and nothing I can do is going to change it whatsoever. Um, the feeling of getting out of that, that house because month, Sunday night through Friday night, you're getting off work around 9.30. You're getting in bed within the night. You're driving 30 minutes. You're home at 10. You're showering. You're eating. It's 10.30. You're in bed by 11. No time to do anything. You're you're flying by the seat of your pants for 12 weeks. And day after day after day after day. You just go. You don't think. You just do it. So Saturday nights, you get off work. You know, you have maybe a really, really cool family that was like, hey, yeah, we're going to be up late. Come by at 9.00. Yeah, we'll see what you have. And they're like, they've been up there hanging out. They, they may have, they might have dinner for you. Typically, those sit downs on Saturday night are just the most, the coolest families, the ones that you remember the most. Amen. Like I know I have, I have stories of those families who I'm just yep. like, oh, I love you. Guys. Still to keep like, in touch with them. Like, yeah, yeah. So well, a couple of them like literally saved me off the side of the road when my my car ran out of gas once or twice. So anyway, um, but you're, it's like you call, I would call my parents. I'd play music. The windows are down. I'm like, I'm picking up. A, one of us is picking up a pizza. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to talk. We're going to stay up late. Like it's so it's fun. Like, it's like the first night of summer as a kid in elementary school. That's like the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. 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 That's actually pretty good. 
Yeah. That's actually, well, and, and you know, what does that say about like how we should live our lives? Because now as adults, you know, you don't have that crazy schedule, but there's something to be said about like the idea of, and maybe it's the routine, but that, did, did, did has a pizza ever tasted as good as a Saturday night Brookfield pizza? I mean, honestly. A shower has never felt as good as a Saturday night shower. A pizza has never tasted as good. I mean. Just, uh, that's how I've talked about this on the show recently, yeah. but I'll, be, I'll bring it up again. But that's actually how I fell in love with country music. Mm, really? Because like, yeah, because and especially on Saturday nights, like you said, you roll the windows down and you like take your time driving home. You're like, it's not like fast. It's like a cruise. And yeah. I would turn on the radio and there was only one radio that came through in the middle of the upstate <laughs> New York mountains. And it was this country station. And I was like, you know what? It's better than the silence I've heard like pretty much all week. Because also on 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 uh, on the other weeknights, you're also taking stat calls on your drive home. It's like you're, right, you're, you right. have to call in your manager and get your stats in and stuff. So Saturday is the only night that you don't have to do that. Or, like, or you do it so, like quickly and then you can kind of chill. And so I fell in love with country music because of that. Like I, I remember just awesome. like. And now I listen to like those songs and I'm like, oh man, what a place to be, especially when you had a big week, especially when yeah. you're like, I just hit, I just hit PC or I just, I know I'm on the pace header for this. Let's yeah. go. Like, oof. absolutely. It's like no responsibilities, nothing to worry about whatsoever. And like you said, especially after a big week, I, uh, um, I, my favorite part of Saturday nights were calling my dad. Cause he would always be up waiting to hear. Cause he, he would make me give me his, give him his, make me give him my login for Southwestern so he could see and track my stats every single day, every day. He wanted to know. Cause I mean, he was a manager for 16 years. Right. Yeah. So he's like into the numbers. He's like, how many sit downs did you get? Are you doing this? And that? Plus it's you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the first kid to sell books. He's so excited. Like you should see his Facebook posts about it every summer. It's just like, that's my favorite part about it is him. Like, posting about us all summer long and like seeing all the comments from his book friends, his book people and that sort of thing. And it's, yeah. Um, gosh, so many good memories, especially like my third summer when I was leading in HQ, um, it was my little sister and then Jake Chesney's daughter. And yeah, it was her first summer and then another girl and we're all still really good friends, but it was the three of them first years and me. And we had the best HQ and Saturday nights. Somebody was picking up food. We were going to watch a movie. We were going to hang out. Like it, it made it even more special when I was the one who had like curated this whole environment that we were living in yeah. as the student leader. Right. And yeah. I felt responsible for it. Yeah. So it was cool. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Let's bump into some, uh, some other summers. Cause I mean, I, by the way, can you see how this, like why this ends up becoming a long episode? Because it's yeah. just like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I, we only have how much time do we, we need more time? I mean, <laughs> I'm good to go. Time. I'm good to go on time if you are, but. Oh, 100%. I have so much more to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is a, it's funny when I, when you talk to them, especially someone who sold multiple summers, especially someone who did well during multiple summers and they have like just really cool things to say. And they call me and they're like, I think I can only talk about like 50 minutes. I can't think of me. My, I'm like, dude, Just you're wait. either, you have no <laughs> idea what's happening. Like it's about to get crazy. Okay. So 2019, how, let's wrap that summer, put a bow on it. How did it go? Uh, it doesn't have to be in, about units unless you want to brag about your units, in which yeah. case I will do it for you. But the, the recognition, we still love the recognition. So how'd you do? 
<laughs> it was good. First summer was great. I was a top. I was not top three, uh, which was good for me. And uh, I'm sure Tessa was just laughing because uh, I still cringe. It's something that keeps me up at night that I sent that text. But anyway, uh, was a top first year. Had a great summer. Um, checkout is in Nashville, right? So it it was everybody stayed at our house every summer. It was just there's no feeling. There's no feeling like a Saturday night, but there is no feeling like driving back to Nashville after your first I was going to say that's one we've talked about, but that when you leave the, it's the last thing you do is get the check, right? The, from the cashier's check from the bank. And you're like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you check. Yeah. You're, you're good to go. They wire it to us now. Um, but I know it goes straight in and it was just no feeling can compare. I remember, I remember it so vividly, unlike any other summer. Um, just walking inside, my par- parents had like this party ready for us, and it was it was fantastic. Yeah, because so. your parents live in Franklin, mm-hmm. right? So you were going home, home. Yeah, that's so, crazier. That's why. So we that's hosted like- everybody from our whole org. They would stay at my parents' house, and so we'd have like these like dinner. We had to do dinner and oh, that's so different. That. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Amazing. That's unique. That I don't. We haven't had anybody like that that it's a unique experience because I can't imagine what it would be like if my parents were back in Nashville waiting for me at the company with like dinner every night. That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah, so it was cool. great. It was really good. Wow. You were going home. Damn. Damn. That's beautiful. And okay. So you were top first year. So you made some money. Got, did you make sizzler? I did. Oh boy. There's, <laughs> there's sizzler stories. Do you have Sizzler stories? You know, I actually don't have many Sizzler stories, to be honest with you. I was dedicated to being a really good girl. I was dedicated to like doing good things and doing the right things and not getting involved with anybody and keeping it clean. Basically, my whole rule was for the whole first year that I'm in Southwestern, I want to create a really great name for myself. After my second summer, then if I meet somebody that I really like, then yeah then we'll go for it. But the whole first year, completely. And you're talking about romantically, like for context for people who don't understand. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. One, book goggles, which (laughs) are a real thing. We haven't talked about book goggles in a long time. But listen, it's real. It's kind of like beer goggles, except what happens is you literally spend 80 hours a week for 12 weeks just trying to talk to human beings about education. And so all of your romantic interests to put it that way both you know emotional and physical have been like put in a jar and away and so you get back and there's these really sharp attractive people um who also did great and for because it's been so long people start looking way better people start sounding way nicer seem taller they seem more athletic they seem more fit something about the book goggles but it's a real thing it's not, this is not like a joke it's like so naturally speaking um relationships uh committed or otherwise bloom and blossom and thrive in this environment <laughs> um so by the time that you get to november and sizzler there's all sorts of different connections to put it mildly is, is what happens and so given that context you're talking about how you were like nope Yep. I'm gonna keep it sharp and straight. That's 100. It's important to include that in context because yes, yes, you know, because <laughs> it happens, man. 
definitely scary. and it does and i was warned by of it you know we were you were talking about um in the financial industry right not a lot of women I, i'm not going to say the same for southwestern but it is like a feeding frenzy on sizzler for girls like if you are a, a and everybody all girls who sell books are cool and can talk to people if you're a girl who can talk to people and you sold books and you did well that's just the way it is right my yeah. student leaders all were they warned me about it i <laughs> well so triple threats are a relatively new organization and uh within the past couple of years and i feel like I had a really big part of like kind of creating the culture of it because I was the mm. only female student leader for a very long time. Um, I was the senior su wow. student leader last year. Like we didn't have any, we had two girls. It was me, Rachel and another first year. And then Rachel left. It was me. I was the only one. So anyway, I, wow. uh, <clears throat> based on all the things that I heard about from all the student leaders before my first summer about Sizzler and all these trips and everything that I experienced and actually having to, uh, and like understanding what they were talking about, I created such a culture in triple threat and who knows how long it's going to last now that, you know, it, it's different. It changes every year. Right. Yeah. But the girls were aware they knew exactly what was coming. I had the same conversation with them that was had with me about watch out. This is how it is. Um, and I guess disclosure, not to say that like, it's like a crazy, these boys are crazy, but it's like, like they're, they're 18 the, year olds. They're the, 19 the boy, year olds. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's, probably, it's probably fair to say uh, the men are also warned about this. Like the, the yes. boys on, on the other, they're like, hey, these are people you work with. They are not people who are objects. And like yep. that, that talk is given to us too. However, the problem is, and like I said, we are college age hormonal late yep. teens who even within the culture of college hookup culture is very, very prominent. So <clears throat> we're talking more about hookup culture in the youth, not, not specifically the, that Southwestern, although there is, right. there is, when you say like frenzy, there is some people who it goes in one ear, not the other. And they are there specifically for that. And so, and most of them are boys. If right all of them so that's understandable what you're saying but but there is the hookup culture right so the problem is there's hookup culture except now you've included uh thirst to for to stay relevant to 2023 because of what we just <clears throat> described in the work schedule and and like i said you know book people tend to be sharper they tend to be uh not physically necessarily more attractive but there's a, a certain um confidence that you gain from an experience like this at a, that un, un, you know, uh, uncaged at such yeah. a young age, it just creates this natural environment where it's like, oh, I'm a boy, and there's like seventy girls here. They all look pretty. They all are very smart. They're all very capable. They just went through something that I know how hard that is to go through, right? So there's like a level of respect that's also there, and of course they're attractive. I mean, it's it's going right. to be so. It makes sense. But it does happen, and and it it is part of the culture, if you will, uh, of getbacks and trips. Yeah. That you know, sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's actually kind of scary. But right, yeah. You know. And that was the thing. It was like the conversation was had with the boys too. Like they're, I just gave them a job, um, and it was, you know what, you watch out for the girls. This is a family, and you have one job. If you see me make a face to so myself and a couple other. 
of the younger guys in our group if we saw like you know how it is when you're in the club on sizzler and it's just not, and the grouping happens and if yeah. you get the look and there's alcohol involved yeah yeah it's i mean it's fun but it's like we were always just like protecting so anyway i that was my whole end of my first summer <laughs> to go to reel it back in amazing well and two you know Again, one thing that sh- should also be shared, and then we go to some next numbers, is a lot of people end up getting married. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've had an entire month of episodes where it was like couples who met and had kids. My my brother and his wife met and had kids. I mean, we you could we had more than just that. We could do well probably in a year's worth of episodes from all the couples that are out there. <laughs> actually, yep. what do you think of this? We actually had this idea where we wanted to get married couples who met and then they got divorced and called it the early. <laughs> Early champion marriages. <laughs> Come on. That's so good. That's really good. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be so funny? That would be great. Would you Honestly, if you could get those? people to oh 100 percent Well, because that's the thing. It's like they get divorced, and even because they're book people, they get divorced and it's usually not ugly. So they still mm-hmm. kind of keep in touch or they still talk pretty well about each other. So it's like, hey. Right. Can you be part of our segment of the early? And maybe we just do one, one each, and then I don't know who'd be up for it, but I think it'd be hilarious if we could have an early champion yeah. couple. Oh my gosh, that's like it's so taboo, though. I feel like, especially in Southwestern, because yeah, you know, there are things we don't talk about. There, like, we don't talk about divorce. We we preach loyalty and consistency. This that we don't talk yeah. about divorce. We don't talk about like infidelity we don't talk about that sort of thing which no. probably for the best because we do have to practice what we preach especially to the kids who are like the new the new recruits the yeah. kids still selling right that's so important but that's a story for business yeah there you go <laughs> Ooh, yeah i will talk to you about it afterwards that's interesting now this is true. There is some stuff that just isn't hidden, but it's not as open. And it's part of it's because it's a company that's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was established in 1855. And so traditional values are going to be really prominent throughout that culture. And it's hard to break. I mean, they did, there wasn't, we had Anthony Conroy, I think, was one of the first mm-hmm. few people who was uh, openly gay, you know, mm-hmm. and that was as recent as like the late 2010s. I mean, it was not, yeah. it wasn't like early 2011 when it was legal. It was like, it, there is a part of that where it's like it's sold, the company because its greatest strength is its longevity. It takes a little bit of time for it to transition into newer communities, roles, and otherwise progressive beliefs. But story yeah. for Bizzler. Um, All right, so you decided to come back. Why? Because I lost my job. <laughs> oh, you mean the second summer? <laughs> um, I want to be a student leader. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah want to be a student leader. Um, I guess to touch on that before we get into the second summer, I was so ashamed to talk about it for such a long time because it was so embarrassing. And now I'm like, you know what? Like it happens. Like hard stuff happens. Like things go wrong. Things go bad. And you, and we might, we might talk about this a little bit more, but I felt like my world had crumbled around me last summer. Um, this time last year when I, I, cause I had told everybody I was done and then I showed up again and had one of my best summers ever um in eight weeks which was really cool and we'll get to that i guess but yeah anyway second summer i wanted to be a student leader i knew how much i knew the tangible thing that i was selling right was 
books my first summer. Second thing, second summer, the the intangible was the experience. And that's what recruiting did for me. And what that looked like was completely different than it was for a lot of other people because I wasn't good at it. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And um, I brought out one person my second summer, my friend from high school, and he came out and um, I had created such a great family out of that first summer. Um, there were, there are two guys that I'm such good friends with. I, and I haven't seen either of them in over three years. And I probably talked about them weekly. Mm. And those are like the relationships that you form. That's just great people. Um, Nicole Wingard, another one who I met in, uh, it was at the production seminar right after our first summer. Emma introduced us and mm. she's one of my best friends in the entire world. And I, I don't know, I'm just so great. I knew that based on the people I'd met so far, there was a lot of growing to do in terms of friendships, but my whole thing, I, I was never the one to be closed during check-in for another summer, never. I was never gonna sign a DSL uh, during the summer, during check-in. Um, because I, I, like I was like, you're referring to when you get back from the summer and they're like, Hey, are you coming back? And then you're like, yep. And then you sign that you're coming back the next year. Yep. I never did uh, that. Not a single summer. I said, give me two months and then I will sign it. But let me enjoy being off the book field. I can't think about another summer. I can't think about three summers in a row. I can talk about one summer. So what I always did, I committed to one summer going forward, one summer going forward. And, um, it was, it was great. And uh, that led into like talking about COVID and the virtual selling yeah, thing. Cause that's, that's, it was the summer you 2019 was your first. So now it was like yeah. the pandy oh, year of the pandy year of the pandy. Yeah. Going into that summer was, it was tough, right? We had to sell virtually. Um, I caused a hullabaloo in Southwestern HQ because I refused to do it. Oh, was, interesting. I complete. I said, absolutely not. There's no way I'm doing that. Um, for good reason. I, and I, I know that keeping everybody, like, of course it was, it was really important to keep everybody. Like we didn't know what the summer was going to look like. We didn't even know if we were going to be able to sell. So in order yeah. to keep the structure, like, yeah, it made sense. We needed to find something. I just didn't believe in selling to friends and family and that's basically what it what it was right because it was virtual i i thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the entire world sorry for those of you who loved it and thought it was great because in terms of the camaraderie and team building it was great the retention rate was insane that next year going into 2021 because people had basically an extra week of sales school to bond and um I did miss out a little bit that year on our work because I missed that week of bonding, but I came in during actual sales school. Uh, but I had hours and hours and hours of conversation with one of my DSLs at the time where they were, it was trying to find a compromise where I was like, I, this is not what I signed up for. This is not Southwestern. What I signed up for is to go push Whoa. myself and to be on the field. And it was really hard because you're supposed to be coachable. You're supposed to say yes to things. You're supposed to do what they have your in your best interest. Not that I didn't think that they had my best interest in mind. I just had, I knew what, I knew what selling books was and that was not it. 
Not for I mean, me, at least. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I was on the other side of it. And Danny, I live with Danny. Danny was like the first person to get a virtual sale in the history of the company. Yeah. He's like the one that like spearheaded it. And so I like, remember. and so I watched it happen. Like I was around when that was happening. I was around when the sales school was virtual because of the pandemic. I was with like mm -hmm. Seth and Justin and I live with those guys. Seth Hood and okay. Justin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I live Paul Tyndall. We all lived in the same house before they went out for that summer. And yeah. so I watched so to hear it from this side of you're like, absolutely not. That's that takes two things. Ovaries. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> it was it. tough. I mean, you're right. It, it was it was so because everybody was like, Nadia, why aren't like you're a student leader? You're expected to do like you have to lead your kids. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. I'm so what I did that summer instead there were because there were two of us that decided we weren't going to do it um but i was like i'm willing to compromise i want to come sell like i'm going to sell but i'm not selling i'm not selling to my grandma i'm not selling to my aunt and uncle i'm not selling to my neighbors that's yeah that's that's cutco that's not southwestern yeah, it's mary Kay. that's it's, we don't do that yeah here. i'm not doing it and and i tried it and it was not for me yeah um, and it was uncomfortable when like because it was weird because a lot of people would call me since i was still kind of involved with my brother's like organization and yeah. so i'd be like and people would go hey can i can i ask you for referrals i'm like dude i gave all my no. referrals to danny you know and it's uncomfortable my like uh like why don't wait don't it's call weird. me for this man like you're supposed to go knock on the door like exactly i'm not your guy so yeah. the deal that we struck was I I helped Trey Campbell um, call for HQs or I guess the whole marketing department. I just helped I helped call everybody that we knew in all the municipalities, all the states, all the counties are going to be in. Um, I called for permits actually. Sorry, not H, not HQs, yeah. but to make sure that we had we were able to sell with COVID. So I did that for a week straight, and it worked out really well. So I was still involved. I met up with everybody at sales school, but. That was, um, I, I would like, I, I think I'm a very coachable person. And I think I've proven that over the years, but there are some things that I just won't compromise on. And that was one of them, my personal beliefs and what was better for Boundaries. me. And that's, yeah, I, and I had to do it. And, and there was so much pressure to just lead to lead and be and do it a certain way so anyway mm. I, Boundary, uh, boundaries and yeah. coachability are uh, you know it your 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 coachability ends with your, where your boundaries begin and that's a tight rope to walk in thin line to to you know to put up but yeah. you did great sounds like you did really well thanks i mean it worked out really well i had a great summer that that year worked in in alabama um it was tough. I mean, it was a lot of pressure from a lot of different sides where people were like, you're not doing the best thing for your group. It was like, what's good for you versus what's good for the the kids. And so, yeah, a lot of hard decisions. You probably felt judged quite a bit too, especially by your peers, right? Cause... Yeah, 100%. I mean, because we were having all those virtual meetings, right? Like over and over and over talking about what it was going to look like, this and that. And comments would be made of course like those who don't want to do it and it was just me it was me and this other kid who we both decided not to um but it was me because i made that it, it was really truly about me and of course it, it was like it was kind of cutting and it felt bad but i completely understand and i know where they're coming from because at a certain point you also have to protect your people you have to protect the people coming back for their second summers, people who don't want to do virtual. Cause I know for a fact, I wasn't the only one who did want to do it. I was just the only one who said something. 
Yep. Yeah. And it's so interesting, man, that, that is, that says a lot about the culture in Southwestern that still is very, um, the parts of the culture that, that, that a lot of the people who've left, who have talked to me on the air or off the air, um, saying things like this, whereas there was a sentiment like that. And it's interesting how that stuff doesn't change because and we alluded to this earlier, so we'll probably move on from here, but basically because you have a company that's so old, the traditionalism is still going to stay. So it's harder for it to change and adapt because it's not something it's used to, which is part of the reason why they're still selling books in 2023 and not just like a straight up website, which right. I know is changing with the lead program or they're aiming to, um, which you hadn't put lead podcasts on the comments. And so I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Maybe this is a good transition into that to, to move in that really quick. Uh, tell me about the lead podcast. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, so Ryan Davis is the head of lead and he's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job of just putting this together and having great speakers on there and transforming this idea that they had into like a reality. Right. Because when I, I mean, to be honest, when I first heard about lead, I was like, what is this thing? Like it's a, it's a coaching and mentorship and leadership thing for high schoolers. It's basically Southwestern in a nutshell for yeah. 16 year olds. And I didn't, I was like, okay, but they've done a really, really great job with it. So, yeah. um, after I came back from the summer last year, living in Nashville helps a lot, but we basically, the idea that Ryan had was to change all of the advantage for teens, those old articles that nobody ever reads or ever touches. Have you ever read one of those? No. <laughs> yeah, nobody has. So we switched them to audio. Um, so he had me voicing all of them. So we took a couple hours one day and we recorded every single one of them. That was the first part of it. So I have a section on lead. It's called Happy, Healthy, and Terrific for those who want to check it out. Pretty cool. Do you know what page? No, I have no idea. It's a it's a section. Uh, it's on the I know it's on the website. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah. And and to be fair, this is cool. I was when I was in Nashville yeah. for Dan. I was talking to Ryan about this, and I thought, man, this is cool to see um, that they're they are trying to innovate and trying to change. And you know, as an alumni, you know, again. We don't want to get too preachy about Southwestern because we try to make neutrality pretty solid. But as an alumni who did this, who still appreciates my entire income right now is based on this experience and indirectly or directly, right? And so I'm the kind of person that I'm like, I'm glad that, that I did this, even though it wasn't perfect. But the part of me that really wants it to live on, like, is like happy about it. I'm, I'm happy that yeah. this is what's happening. And I'm happy that they're finding ways to, to move on. It's to, to, you, you, it's kind of like in Nebraska, we have the most consecutive sellouts in our stadium. And you're like, even though we suck, I'm glad people still buy tickets because, you know, carry on that legacy. So you you hope you hope that it surrounds my kids could have a choice of doing it or something. Yeah, yeah. no, I, and that's, I know that's how my parents felt, right? Like I grew up with the, the Ask Me's when they were called I Wonder Why's and stuff. Like I had the old stuff. You Which did really cool. Yeah, we had all of them. Um, we still have them upstairs in my parents' house. I saw them the other day. I was looking for something when I was over there. I was like, bananas. So Varsity really did sell the same products. It was all the same yeah. stuff. Well, we bought them from Southwestern Kids. Oh, oh they had so bought them from Southwestern Kids. I so see. they basically the way that so their company was called uh, it was Varsity, right? But the it was just a different publishing company. So the publishing company was Tom James. So it was a lot more of like Bible book stuff. 
for the most part. Oh. Um, but it was exactly the same. They did execs. They did morning. They did deliver. I mean, every it was exactly the same. The internship was this. I mean, that's cheap. hilarious. We got to get some yeah. of those varsity alumni. I know. I know you should. Um, that'd be awesome. I'm sure my parents. I'll. I'll definitely talk to him about it. That'd oh, be cool. dude, yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> that's great. So that's cool. So you get to be a part of that and to you know help it live on because yeah, we wanted to. We do. Yeah, and and just like kind of converting because nobody reads those articles. I mean, let's be honest. They, I, they, and a lot of them were really weird. So we kind of picked and chose. We read through all of them. It was a whole process, but it's been. It, it was really cool to do it, and I'm really glad I got to. Um, and then when I was, gosh, I guess it was December. Matt Ross was in town, and. He and I have uh, an actual podcast where it's just topic and just talking about us. We've done motivation versus. Um, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, we've done a couple of those where it's just him and I going back and forth, like a in, in true podcast form, uh, which are also on lead, which has been really good. So, planning on on uh, getting a couple more done, hopefully by the Southwestern reunion. Um, they both live in town, right? So it's pretty easy, but with work, it's been kind of tough. However, I definitely, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that they, they invited me to do that with them and to be a part of it and like just part of the conversation in general. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I, uh, yeah, I've been doing great, great work. That's so fun. Um, okay. I had a question. There was, you put on the chat. <laughs> oh man. Okay. This is so good. Okay, you have a Fourth of July story in here, and there's okay. South Carolina car wreck. So South Carolina was at your third summer. Third summer yeah. Okay, let's summer. tell me about that and that experience. <sighs> um, it's a little more serious, honestly. It's um. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. Okay, I'll buckle. Yeah. Up. This okay. is this is the part of Southwestern where I realized, like, how lucky I am to be alive. And how lucky I am to be able to do what I do and actually have like the opportunities that I've had in my life to get serious for everybody real quick. Let's do it. Um, All right. So I guess I'll start with the 4th of July because it's kind of feeds into it. I've had a weird story every year. I've never had a normal 4th of July. Um, my first 4th of July, it, there was just always something off. First 4th of July, I had another first year following me. Second one, car broke down, walked the whole 4th of July, which is... For those of you who didn't sell books, the 4th of July and any holiday in general is best day of the summer because everybody's home. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody wants to buy. We're working through these days. 4th of July is the best day of the summer, hands down. For me, it was weird. But anyway, second one, yeah, car broke down. Third one, um, I, so I was working in South Carolina and I probably cursed myself by saying, by like finding a pattern that things were weird. Um. I had a great day. I was sitting on like a hundred units by, this was like 12 or one o'clock. So I was doomed. That's not bad. Yeah. I was having a good day and, uh, I was cleaning up. I was doing my gravy. I was flying down this back road and I had a car behind me and, um, they were, they were tailing me I, and I came up upon, so I kept going straight. There was a bridge ahead of me and there was a little dirt road on the left-hand side. We're in the middle of nowhere. So I, I kind of veer into this, this, this little dirt road. Windows are down. I'm like, something's off. I hear a crash. I hear metal grinding. Um, like my, thank goodness my windows were down. Um, cause it was 
you know, we're in like desolate South Carolina. I turn around as fast as I can and I see this car flipped on its side and uh, I'm pulling up I, I, and I see this girl trying to climb out of her, her driver's side window and uh, she's, she sees me, see her. She starts screaming bloody murder. She's covered in blood and I'm like, I'm wearing a 4th of July skirt because you dress up for the 4th of July oh and I'm like, oh my God. So I, I pull up. I like throw my hazards on. I jump out and the car's like smoking. She's bleeding. It's this, she's, she was 19. I was 21 at the time. And, um, I jump out and I, I'm like, I like grab her arms and I, I, one of her legs was inside the car. Like the bottom of the car was facing me and she was like sitting on the edge of it, like trying to get down. One of her legs was inside. I thought her leg had been cut off. And so I'm like, Whoa. So I, I, I like, grab her arms and like you're okay like you're fine like you're gonna you're gonna be okay and help her get out and she's like shaking all these people start kind of coming out of the woodworks these old people in the middle of the country um she had hit it, it was she had gone over the bridge she she was going she couldn't have been going that fast so i was right in front of her anyway she hit the side of the bridge car flipped her tire flew 40 feet across the, the creek she was going so fast um all these old people are there. We're sitting there on the edge. I'm in shock. She's in shock. We're just both like, okay, it's going to be okay. People are coming. Call the cops. It took two hours to get there. The, the, the paramedics. Wow. It was awful. And, uh, she, and I remember sitting there as these people are walking and she grabs my hand. She's this little redheaded girl. And she, she looks at me and she goes, please don't leave me. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. 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 Like, but I got to get to the next door. I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's time to be. Consistent. I'm so off schedule. <laughs> I'm so off schedule, but I'm the fire trucks pull up. They block my car off. There's nowhere I can go. Um, the car is totaled, completely totaled. Sure. She took out Just half the, the bridge. Um, like if she had gone two feet to the right, she would have gone straight into the ditch and uh, could have been a lot worse. Anyway, there's she a, still had her leg, everything. I mean, no, besides, yeah, the yeah, leg was fine. And, she was just she had cuts and stuff, and I had a first aid kit in my car. Thank goodness. So I'm like cleaning her up, which I'm just like I don't like moving without even thinking about it. All these old people are like, "Who are you? Where did you? Why are you wearing a skirt, a Fourth of July skirt? Like, where'd you come from?" Yeah, for those people remember that story differently. Oh my god, yeah, and I'm like, I'm the book girl. <laughs> Have you not heard about me? Yeah, no, I literally <laughs> had to. Anyway, um, I sit with her the, for two hours. Her parents show up. Her parents don't say a word to me the whole time, but I'm just sitting there because I'm like, I'm not going to leave because I was a witness. Um, her airbag went off. Anyway, all this happens. Her name's Logan. I'm just talking to her. I'm like, you know, talk to me. Tell where are you going? She's like, I'm going to be late for work. I have to call my boss. I'm like, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> she uh, of the two of us, trust me. I need yeah, to be way more. <laughs> yeah, they get her car towed. Um, anyway, the parents are there. I'm there with Jeez. her. The last one's there. The parents haven't said a word to me. As they're leaving, the dad looks at me, and he starts crying, and he hasn't said anything for an hour, and he holds my hands, and he goes, I love you. Thank you. Like, you saved her. Like, you were there. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh my God. It was 
yeah, that was like a core memory for me. I'll never forget wow. that. Because I was like, so I remember, and, and I had held it together this whole time. Just so like, it's okay. Like it's, it's, it, it, you're, you're fine. You're alive. You're good. I remember I, I, I took off. I, I drove down the road, start bawling, crying, called my parents. And, uh, like they can't make out a word. I say, I called Jake Chesney, my DSL. And I was like, I'm going home. It was about three, four o'clock. I was like, I'm going home. <sighs> like there, there's a lot of stuff you work toward, you work through, but there's some stuff you don't. Anyway, so that was my big, like, that was, that's probably my most vivid memory from all four summers was I never thought that I would have to be like a, a literal first responder. Like, yeah, could have been bad. So anyway, all that to say, out of all the things I got out of Southwestern, all the layers of gratitude and like, uh, yeah. That was at the core of it. So to get serious for a second. No, I mean, <laughs> what I love about this experience of meeting Southwestern people is you can have both. You can laugh about, yeah. you know, early champion marriages and the, when life says, hey, you know, that could have been you, you know. Right. Do you still talk to her or did you, nothing? have you, I have her number and stuff or anything or? Not really. Um, I think I texted. I texted her a couple weeks, like the next week and the week after. I was like, "Hey, are you doing okay?" And that was the last. I mean, I'll never forget her name and what she looked like. I'll never forget it. But and I still have her number. But we haven't talked. Um, on to be honest, she probably thought I was some crazy girl in the middle of the woods who pulled her out of her car, who was wearing a uh, who was selling books and wearing a fanny pack. So it's okay. Wow. I did my I did my piece and um yeah, I'm just glad I was there. So that was, that was You know what's crazy? Is there's probably a picture of you on Facebook before with your customers, right before all that happened you're out there like just being goofy and <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> just wow. That's so, wild. That's yeah, wild. I have pictures and I was just like I cannot believe that this is happening. Of the car or mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I probably have it. <gasps> Send me, me that. Find, let me find, see if I can find it real quick. It'll take like two seconds, but sure. Um, yeah, that's oh. wild. No, like those. It those are the moments in life you're just like, yeah, yep. You're like, oh my gosh, like I any anything could happen at any moment in time. Okay, and so I don't know if we can see that, Here, but just there was send it to me. Just send okay. it, text it to me. Anyway, there it was flipped, and I was like, "Oh, I'll send it to you." But crazy well, stuff. It, said it, it'll come to my computer, and I can pull it up on the big screen. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I did get a glimpse of that. That was yeah, wild. And you can see like where the bridge has like completely broken off, like where she hit it. So that's so crazy, South Carolina man. It's brutal. My my first year, I had a first year, my fourth summer, who like total two cars and one of them it was he went into this ditch and to this yeah. day i'm like how are you alive like it was because we were in vermont in the mountains of vermont and i was like bro i don't even understand yeah how you're not dead like it was crazy um so all right let me share it's this scary. screen here yeah it's 
bananas. Here we go. Boom. And you hear, and the thing is you hear so many stories like that, right? So right there on the culvert, like you can see where her car hit the right there. Yeah. It hit that. It knocked off there. And if you scroll, go to the right a little bit where those trees are. Okay. One second. Like to the Creek. Oh, yeah. Her, her wheel was across that Creek over there. It flew all the way over there anyway. Like, wow. But yeah. And your car is like over here. No, my car is the white one in front of it. Go back. You can see my book, my sticker. My keep going. Oh, right here. There's my southwestern sticker. <laughs> <gasps> I'm the book girl. I'm the book girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing a cape, dude. That's oh amazing. Gosh, for real. Wild day. How bananas. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's anyway, fun. so there's a ponytail crazy. coming after this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll oh my God, that's crazy. All right, that's yeah. fun. Okay, so then then you were like, I'm done selling books. Yeah. And then you got fired. Yeah, I uh, I decided. Gosh, I uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? And I made it very clear throughout the summer. This is my last summer. I'm done. I'm graduating mm -hmm. from school. I'm done. Like. I don't want to do that. I don't want to full-time. Full-timing was never in my wheelhouse. I didn't see myself as, because full-timing is like a very, you have to be a very certain type of person to full-time. Yeah, you do. To, I well, couldn't no. do it. To do it well. To do it well. It's even crazy. And I respect and I commend the people who have done it for years and years and years because it is an art in itself. It's another type of Southwestern. It's another summer in itself. But Crazy. I just didn't, I didn't want to get sucked in. Um, I know people who have gotten sucked in for years and years and years and not out of any fault of their own, but I just knew that there was more that like me taking what I've learned. Uh, I knew I didn't want to go work for another Southwestern company. Um, even though people have done really well there, I, I saw the appeal and taking everything that I've done through Southwestern, all the sales skills, everything that I have and taking it somewhere where nobody else has done what I've done and shining yeah. there. Right. And doing really well in another industry. And so I, I saw the, the appeal yep. in that, That's um, exciting. but I wanted to travel and I, I knew that I was going to start uh, shadowing and that sort of thing. Ended up working with Jackson last year, which was great. So, and, and like I said it earlier, so failed this test, which was, devastating took yeah. four days and decided i was going to sell books again which was like a okay what's the next best thing i can do that's a beautiful lesson you touched on it earlier of like you, you had all these grandiose plans and then life kicked you in the teeth and then you realize that's not you know there's there is something like i, I feel like you, your story I, I always like to find themes in these episodes and your story is one of like of dichotomies where it's like you know, there's like even your parents, right? Your mom's from Tennessee, your dad's from India. Like, I don't know how much more different their childhoods could be. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Um, the the idea of boundaries versus coachability, right? And you having a really good sure. way of balancing that. And in this case, it's just like where you are, it sounds like you can do well with goals. You can do well with like, thinking forward and in the future uh your job literally is about people's like legacy and the future and getting them to the big picture but at the same time 
this very job uh, and the experience of getting fired and getting let go of something that you had held on to so tightly and worked so hard to like achieve and to miss it by a millimeter, literally, you know, or figuratively, um, to then like that makes you just go, I'm just going to worry on the, about the next step instead of thinking too far in the future. So like your, your episodes just balance like, like two like yin and yangs. Right. So this is, it's really cool to watch and to, and to learn about. I'm, I'm taking a lot of perspective from this. So thanks for sharing this. Um, so very cool. Um, I did have a question about one thing that you put on the chat and it is kidney stone. It says kidney stone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a part of my fourth summer this past summer. Oh my gosh. Um, and I do want to dive a little bit into that kind of what this past summer looked like after the stork yeah. is a good one. But my uh, so my little sister, Olivia, she uh, she sold for two summers and uh, <laughs> uh, my birthday is July 20th. So always in the middle of summer. I always sold in my summer and you know how the whole, the, the whole birthday thing goes, either it's the best day of your life or the worst day of your life. Right. <laughs> so first summer, best day of my life. I turned 20 second summer, turned 21. I cried all day long. Third summer, really great day. Fourth summer. So my little sister and I were living, uh, you probably know some of the Majeskis. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we were living with with some of them up in Lansing, Michigan, this summer, which was awesome. Okay. And anyway, my sister, we were crammed into their upstairs. It was fantastic. Like we we got so lucky with their their host our host family this year. But um, my little sister and I shared a full size bed. Um, went to bed night before my birthday, and she was going to follow me all day. That was just our tradition. Um, I wake up at about twelve thirty, and the bed's empty. And my phone's ringing and I'm like, what is happening? And it's her. And I'm, you know, it's, I've been asleep for an hour and a half off the day of the book field. You're delirious. Yeah. You have no idea what's going on. She's like, I'm in the bathroom. You have to come here. And I'm like, what? And I walk in there and she's laying face down on the floor. And I was like, <laughs> I was, she was like, it's my kidney. <laughs> Oh, and, I, no. she's, and I'm so asleep still that I didn't know what was happening. So I sat directly on top of her on her kidney, not knowing what was going on. And she's nice. like, we have to go to the hospital. And I feel so bad about this, but I was like, no, we don't, you're okay. Like we don't have to go to the hospital and call me in 30 minutes if you're still on the floor. <laughs> Cause I was so tired. <laughs> so bad about this um all of our roommates are asleep and so i get back in bed and she's like literally like immobile on the floor not completely motionless and uh, anyway i hear her like getting sick and i'm like oh my gosh we have to go to the hospital and i put my we get dressed and i'm like carrying her to the hospital we get there um we were waiting for the in the hospital for eight hours this was all night long so we were up for the all day all night the night before my birthday which is not a big deal but they were like you know downtown lansing is not the safest part of town there are a lot of addicts like drug addicts down there and so there we were surrounded by people who were having issues with yeah, their mental drug yeah. addictions yeah. and like olivia's curled up on the floor and on in this hospital waiting for a doctor and there's people like screaming all around us i'm on red alert just like 
complete like on guard because I'm like, no one's going to touch her. Like this is, I, yeah. So we waited for eight hours, finally got her taken care of and everything was fine. But we ended up leaving the hospital about seven in the morning. Everyone's calling us, calling me for my birthday. And I'm like, I'm so <laughs> tired. Um, so <laughs> anyway, random story, but it's one of the best stories. Cause we, Wonderful. we slept until 5 PM. We went out, we drove out to my turf and I said, we are making one sale and we're going home first sit down, closed them. We went, to no, let's go. I was like, there's no way these people aren't going to buy for me. There's no way. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that makes you like when you have days like that or a situation like that, where you're like, dude, what if I was just convicted all the time? This is probably what it's like to be Peter. <laughs> like, that's just... how my whole summer went last summer. It was like, I mean, you're completely right, but it was, it was like after losing my job, I was like, none of this matters. I had a whole job where I was sitting at a desk every single day, went out. And actually I, so I skipped sales school that summer, the last summer. It was awesome. I, um, instead I made a deal with Rao and, um, I was like, I'm going to go follow top. I'm going to go follow 10,000 unit producers. That's all. That's my sales school. So I, I drove up to Wisconsin. I did a whole, I did a week long road trip, drove up to Wisconsin, followed Emma Barnett, followed Ian Brown, followed a couple other people, um, had an awesome, awesome time and learned so much. And it was like, I took so much away from just the conviction that they had. Speaking of mm. conviction, right? Um, they just knew it was going to happen. Um, went out my first week, had my best week ever. And what, what was that? If you don't mind me asking, like, what, um, what did you spell like? Four. You hit more? Yeah. You badass you. So you it was a really badass you. <laughs> it was good. Did um, you, did you like, did you continue? Did you stay at that level or did you fluctuate or how did the rest of the I kind of, it kind of went to, I hit 1,800 and then like averaged about six. Which is not um, a bad, that's not bad at all. It was a pretty good summer. It was a good yeah. summer. I, I mean, it was eight weeks. And I almost beat the previous summer, which was 14 weeks. So I had a really great time. But I, you know, in previous summers, first three summers, I was like so rigid and like, this is the way it is. I'm following to the book. I'm sprinting to every door. And this summer I took, I worked with uh, Walton Simmons. I know he was on a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. And, um, got to work with him a lot and like, Things just, things clicked for us a lot at the same time. And he's, he's a really good friend of mine as well. And he, he lives eight minutes away from me now. Yeah, I convinced him to move into town, which is awesome. But, um, I, I stopped running the doors. It was weird. I just completely changed everything I was doing because I realized like it was all perspective. Like I had a job, I had a pension, I had a 401k, I had dental oh. And now I'm back in Michigan. I'm in I'm in the middle of nowhere selling books again. Like it genuinely didn't matter. Like it didn't matter at all. You're like the last um, time I was gonna wear a fanny pack was last summer. What <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, Oh, you're back. Oh, so you lied about not coming back. I was like, Oh my gosh. So I I um I just I, I would do yoga every single morning. I would go to my storage unit. I started at nine nine o'clock. I would started whenever I wanted and I went and I I did it completely differently. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about my stats. Like, can I talk about this? I, mean, I guess we don't I can talk about whatever, right? Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, I was sitting, I mean, like I went from, I'm like, 
but kids are going to be watching this one. Good. Um, uh, we don't give a shit. Like, it, listen, and if they do, good. We need to learn that it's not that it's, big of a deal. It's just not that big of a deal. I would go. I went from this you know the thirty demos you could a day. Say to them. I started getting ten demos a day, but it was like eight sit downs, and I was closing six of them or seven of them. Yeah. Like, oh, and 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 by the way, just so you're not nervous because this has happened before. People are like, I don't want to derail a first year, so I I feel the guilt that you're, yeah, you're saying yeah. this. So here, here's the deal: if someone's listening to this in your first year, I'm talking to you right now. Don't do what she's saying. Go yeah. do what you've been told to do because you have not earned the right to just go and do this. There's a certain it's it's just like anything, right? Like if you you're, if you're out here trying to do calculus, it's like learn to multiply first. Once you're sure that your multiplication is sound, then we can jump out to some algebra or something. And then once you're sure that you got the algebra sound, which takes time and effort and repetition and work and grind, then we can start giving you the calculus because you're you're you start getting efficient you got to earn this you exactly. don't don't cheat the system it's not going to work for you so we'll, we'll i'll be the first to tell you so don't do that but 100 go on about how you only got 10 demos well yeah i mean that was it right <laughs> like i and and when first years followed me i was like look and i had my printed out sheets of my um what's it called what the names list no 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 no, no um nope from previous summers numbers oh like sats or like oh Yes, but what's the name for the? Th oh, canvassing chart or like yes, your, my yeah. Thank you. Yes, my canvassing charts from the past three summers with all my demos, all my numbers, and I was like, "Hey, the only reason I can work this way is because I consistently got 180 demos a week or like whatever, and like you can yeah. see my numbers here." So, yeah, yeah I mean, so I got until this. you've done that, do not do this. This Don't is the second time we'll tell you, and that's it. This is like, yeah, this is level four or five. Like, don't yeah. don't do this. Um, but I mean, I was spending over an hour with people. I was talking to them. I was showing everything. I got really good at closing on like a lot of books for people because people buy yep. everything if you show them everything. And it was just, it was all about the confidence. It was, but, but at the core of it all and everything that I learned this summer and as well as I did, it all came back to, I had a desk job before this and I'm back out here and this could happen to anybody. And like we were talking about earlier, I could pick up a book bag at any time and I could be super successful. And that's happening yeah. right now. Um, it was it was one of the most humbling summers. of. My, I mean, this whole year has been one of the most humbling years of my life. But I, uh, like I said earlier, things can go wrong at any time. Things can go completely flipped upside down. You don't know what's going to happen. And I, I saw that firsthand. So... Yeah, that's so. That's it awesome. Cool. It was right. it was a really good summer, though. It was cool. I learned a lot about myself. That story, this story, this, I love that you're saying this. This story is a little bit more about. This is what happens when you get fired. The feeling of because up to this point, like especially after the culture of Southwestern, is you try so hard to get out. That's really what it is. Is you have to like yeah. really be sure to get out. So when you get fired, you're like, what the hell? Like me? Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you know who I am? Um. <laughs> And and that needs to get knocked down. That's the peg. That's the pedestal that you that you find yourself losing. And then, what it did for you was wonders. I mean, it was very clearly. I mean, just even the confidence that you have now working at your job, going, "Hey, I ate shit to get here, and I had to learn the lesson." So the Nadia that applied for this time around and that that got through the interviews in the past that has to come around was a completely different person than right. the Nadia that was, you know, 2022. That's really impressive. And and I think it's a it's a lesson worth 
noting and pointing out because that's really what it takes to grow is those moments that hit your ego, not your character. Although character builds too, right? You know, but like when your ego gets hot hit, your characters, that's the biggest test for your character is, you know, getting your ego shattered. <laughs> right. And it's what I needed, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and I'll say this to anybody who's like dealing with anything, even in the same caliber of this, every single thing happens for a reason. And I have so much conviction in that because looking back, um, I mean, my bosses at Jackson now have been amazing from the moment it happened. They didn't want, they didn't want me to leave. They were like, if there's anything we could do to keep you, we would, but it's just company policy. Like we have to, but let's make a plan. So they're the same ones that I made the plan to come back with. Um, but if I were have to pass all, excuse me, if I were to have to pass all, if I were to pass all those tests last year, sorry. Um, I wouldn't have been ready for this job. I wouldn't have been ready for what's happening right now. And yeah, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't, that's cool. I can look back and know that I wouldn't have been ready for product training, learning about all the spe specifics of these super complex investment products. I wouldn't be ready to talk to these people. So whatever, whatever's happening to anybody out there right now, all the crazy stuff, it is happening for a reason. And you yeah. will end up where you're supposed to be if you follow your gut and you do what, if you just do the next best thing. And that's the best advice that I've, you know. Absolutely. Give, so. God, you're, you are an impressive human being. It's cool that you've learned all this. This is really cool. I'm, I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. I love, this is like, I, I nerded about this just as much. So cool. Yeah. That, uh, that, have you, uh, I heard it on a podcast with Shia LaBeouf a while ago, but I, and I mentioned this, but it's not even like everything that's happening for a reason. It's not even for a good or bad reason. There's not even such a thing as like good or bad. Yeah. And there was a story about the, what is it that you, I'm sure you probably heard this is like, uh, <clears throat> uh, it was, they were horse farmers and then all the horses died. But then like, it's like, Oh, it's really bad. It was like, no, we don't know if it's good or bad. And then because it was that, then they had to transition into like a different type of farm. Yeah, and yeah. then like, it all ends up so that his son avoids death at war is like the yeah. tale. Right. And it it's goes, like, yes, it we never is. knew. It's it just, just not is. good. It's just, that's just what happens now. You know, that's just what's happening right now. Uh, it's not what was happening before because we can distinguish that this is what's happening now. And because of that, that means that in the future, there's going to be a whole different thing that we can distinguish that is, different than this that is no longer happening you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah. it's kind of just be more they're uh, not more uh Og said it best this too shall pass period not this good or bad thing shall pass this this will just pass and it's okay oh i mean genuinely and i've lived it right like as sucky yeah. as things are as much as it like even though it feels like the worst thing in the world is happening to you. Cause that's what it felt like. And it was, I let me, it all worked out in the best way that could have. I've never, I, I feel prepared and who knows, right? Like I brace myself every day. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know the next crazy thing, the good or bad or whatever it is, if it's either of those things, but it's all leading me somewhere that I can't fathom right now. And that's okay because my only job is just to hold on and have a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And yep. when it's happening, good or bad to keep yourself humble, why not me? Like, yeah. To keep yourself like, 
to avoid imposter syndrome because you of all people right now when you were talking about just like so new and you're talking to people who've been doing this for 30 years and who you know like you're you have a right to feel imposter syndrome like oh my gosh i'm supposed to like know all this and i'm so new right but it's like why wouldn't it like you got to this point and it was intentional so why not you right and when shit's not good and why me why not you dude wait it's life why wouldn't it happen to you that you get sick or someone you love gets sick or you win the lottery because people win the lottery and people get sick it's just part of the deal so just but you know what own it yes it's happening to me good i'll handle it yeah and going full circle you know we were talking earlier at the beginning of this about you know you were asking me the differences between southwestern and what i'm doing now and that's such a big part of it. All the people I work with, they don't they don't quite get it. You know, it's it's something that all of you that sold books can understand. Nobody quite gets it. Like the yeah. depth of the conviction that we have, not just for life, not just for work, but for people and for the relationships that we're building and for the future. Yeah. It means I, I just feel really lucky and I'm so grateful for all of the experiences and the gratitude. Like, man, I drive down the inter- I drive down the road, right? I, and I look around and within a, a 50 foot radius of me, there's probably 30 cars, 20 cars. And I really, I always think about like, how long would it take me to knock on every single one of these people's cars or how <laughs> the doors, you know, like how long would it take for me to get to all of them? All these people have, different lives and different aspects and like they're, they're dealing with things. They're having troubles and this and that, like everybody's going through life right now. And we have had such a unique experience to get to get just like the smallest glimpse of what their world looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've seen it. So, we've, we've seen, seen them. It. We've met them. We've met all those 30 yeah. people or it's any so random cool. sample of 30 people. We've seen it over and over and over and over right? and over and over and over again. I think about it all the time. Anytime I'm in like a group of people or like a crowd, I'm like everyone, but everybody's the same. I think a really cool pattern, just because we're talking about patterns and neat stuff. Like what I really like to think about is like, you know how we talk about when we're selling, everybody answers things a, a certain way. Like we kn- we know what Mrs. Jones is going to say, but she has no idea what we're going to say. How interesting is it that the human experience, the human brain is wired socially to answer a certain way? Like how, how does that happen? So anyway, the psychology That's behind what we do phenomenal. is so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've never, can we talk about that? I've Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I also have to tell you, let me tell you the meth story. <laughs> Oh, th- th- oh, this happened no. today. Okay. This happened today. This happened today. But I think I've told it once or twice on the show, but I'll tell it to you now. And this happened today. Yeah, and this will lead. It's just it's a story of a story, okay. and okay. and then and then we can get into the psychology because it it ties in perfectly, I think. Cool. But yeah. So today, my wife and I needed to go to run some errands. So and it was her day off. So we went, and we were driving, and this this tow truck was carrying or like turning, and the windows were down. It's warm day breezy and it was turning with this uh rv in the back but the rv was burned at the top to a crisp like 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 something had exploded out of it so it yeah. clearly had exploded and i caught a whiff and i was like oh my gosh that smells like meth and she goes how do you know what meth smells like 
and that was just funny i was like i took this line from oceans 12 and i was like babe it's not in my nature to be mysterious but there's just some things i can't talk about and i can't talk about why and i just left it blank for a little bit so you know 10 minutes she's in the car she's like what the hell so 10 minutes 10 minutes go by and i was like all right and this is a story so i was like so and she i I let it kind of die out so that it seemed like the story didn't connect and i was like my first summer selling books um sometimes i wouldn't have appointments in the morning and my wife didn't sell books but she's heard enough episodes and she so she gets she doesn't get it she doesn't sell but she is familiar with the lingo she knows what hbh means or whatever right mm-hmm. um so i was like so i didn't have enough turf and when you don't have an appointment you have to go and you're not going like lower income places because they're just not going to call the cops and so uh, on like a Saturday morning, you don't, especially Saturday mornings at seven thirty in the morning when you don't have any appointments, it's scary because you're like, I got to yeah. knock on a door and people will for sure be mad that I'm knocking at this early in the morning. Right. And so, so you go to trailer parks or you go to like, and in New York, everything was a trailer park. It was selling one of the poorest counties in the state. So I knock on this house and I sit in this lady and I'm talking to this lady and you know, she's like a single mom looks kind of weird. Looks like she lives in a trailer park, which that's the nicest way I can say that. And um, it looks like she lives in the kind of trailer park that I was in. I should, so I don't generalize. Um, and I just, the whole time I'm like, this place smells weird, <laughs> whatever. I remember my wife's not catching wind of this pun intended because I've let it sit for a while. So then, so I'm like, yeah. And so then whatever, she didn't buy. I leave Monday morning, the next day that I'm working, I'm driving by. And that same trailer is burnt to a crisp. So I was like, wait a minute, what the hell? So I had to like pull over, I knock on the neighbors, and I'm like, what happened there? And they're like, they had a meth lab, must have they messed it up yesterday, some part of the reaction, and it just all blew up. Oh my gosh. And I turned to my wife, I'm like, and that's how I know what the meth smells like. <laughs> so she starts laughing. She's like, My brain went so many places. I'm like, good, because that's what I happened. So to tie it back to what you're saying and to get into the psychology conversation, because I think it's fascinating and nobody's brought this up. So let's talk about it. Um, phenomenal, because you maybe didn't sit in a house that had meth in it or not, but you know exactly what the behavior of the person that I described when I just mm-hmm. was describing the woman in the trailer park. You knew exactly, and everybody that sold books knew exactly what I was talking about. Now, there's people who sold the door like your parents, and I'm not meaning to exclude parents or people who do Vivint or people who do, but it's not the same thing. It's not quite, maybe maybe your parents because it was like close enough, but all the other door-to-door companies, even they don't quite get it. It's not the same thing. Yeah. It's not the same schedule. So to answer that, what is it about it? What do you think it is? Because, to, and to clarify your question is, we know by... The way that Mrs. Jones, it, the house is harder to read because you never know what's behind the house, big house, rich house, poor house. You don't really know. But once you start talking, once you start saying the words, and then the mom or the parent starts saying their side of what we know is the possible like mm-hmm. 20 things that they might say, maybe 30 to be generous, strictly from what they're going to say, not their lifestyle. Thing, we know exactly what to say. To It's like playing chess and you know all these openings. 
like there's a Karakan and the Indian defense and the Sicilian, you know, all of them. And then, you know, every single piece, what move knight to F six, right. All like these things for like 20 different openings. And you know, the beginning and end of that entire game by memory. That's what it's like. It's exactly what it's like. And I honestly, I've thought about this for years. Like, are people, and it really goes back to perspective for me. It's like, are people all that different? Whoa. Okay. Go on. Are are we, are we, like, we think about ourselves, right? I look at like me and you, right? We have different experiences, different parents, different this and that. So what makes us similar? What makes us answer the door the exact same way? Is it the way we were raised? Is it what society has taught us? Or is it just, is it something else? I know. Wow, this is a great conversation. I've never thought about this. It's culture. Yeah. It's culture, which I guess is part of society, but sure. it's culture because it's, what 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 we did is a, we did a social experiment on cultural yes behaviors um this is not the same thing if we would have sold in england or in india or in colombia it we they each probably have their own set well actually this would be a great thought experiment is we if we did this in if we went door to door in china given that it's a completely different language culture assuming that we could you know they could understand what we were saying language wise like, would they still have the same answers? Would they still have the same objections? Would they still have the same? Or is it a more regional thing where it's like, in the United States, if you go door to door selling books, there's like 20 things that moms can say. And then within those 20 things, there's like another 10 each that you can like, and you, we know all of these. What do you think? I think you're right. I think it is cultural, right? I think it's, I think it's the way our school system is working because I can talk to you who worked in the Northeast. I, I worked in the South. I worked in Michigan. We can go talk to people who worked in Wisconsin, people who worked in Oregon, we can California. It's all the same. But the reason is because our society, society is the same. Like we have been, I guess specifically with the school stuff, right? Talking about, Oh, well we are honors classes. We're this and this. It's about, I think it's a lot about the structure but the but the actual physical way that people are are answering the questions that's what gets me the the mannerisms and the the mm. the facial expressions and the body yes. language that's where i'm like is it manners that we've learned is this just how is this just like the baseline of how people human beings interact with one another without any other you know like at its core right because that's the you're right. The best way to explain what we do is that it's a social experiment, one hundred percent. Well, and like, but then that that begs a the question. Then like, okay, doesn't that go globally? So so maybe yeah. it is. It would be the same in India. It would be the same in Colombia. Because I, I see what you're saying. Like you, you specifically pointed out, we're doing education. But even when you move to a different industry, the objections are different words. But like the mm-hmm. you said it yourself, the, the the idiosyncrasies and mannerisms are the same when yeah. when someone's about to give you an objection versus a question you can see it in their eyes you can see it in the way that they're leaning when someone is interested or not when 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 they're gonna buy i and you and i both know i mean i i, I never hit a thousand units but i had a, several weeks over 600 so like, and, and i had several days over 200 so what i'm trying to say is i've gotten into that flow before i know what it kind of feels mm-hmm. like 
when you're on like that, there's this like, the reason that you feel bulletproof is because you know that there's nothing they're going to say that's going to shock you. There's nothing totally. that they're going to say. So everything's completely under control. Everything. Even if like a neighbor shows up, like every aspect scenario, you're not even, it's in the backseat, not worried about it because right. you know exactly what's about to happen. And in some of those, you know, by the intro, you know, by the approach, you're like, they're going to buy. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's houses where I knocked yep. and it's like the buying signs, a classic, like they'll, they, they'd open the door be like, oh, hey, you're the book person. And immediately you're like, yeah. it's not about if you buy, it's <laughs> now it's like, how much can I get you to buy? Mm -hmm. Like now you're what, what, really what you do at that right. point is you're, you're checking boxes. You're like, okay, do they have a young enough kid to sell them the kids books? Yep. Do they have an old enough kid to sell them the old books? Do they have a smart enough kid to sell them the CEA? Yep. And are they tech savvy enough to use the websites and see the value in that? And if all those four things click, that's a bag. I mean, it's as yeah. simple as that. There's no question you're going to, they're going to offer you. They'll say, oh, uh, you're the book person. Are you hungry? Dude, just give me the check and we'll just talk about life and eat <laughs> at that point. You know what I'm saying? So totally. that feeling I've had again in other sales jobs where I'm like, this is a pony. Right, we recognize ponies when we're recruiting. I've recognized ponies. Where I was like, "You're gonna do this," yeah. and I know you're gonna do. It. Not only I know you're gonna just you're gonna kill this, actually. Um, and if I go to India, if I go to Colombia, and I'm using our two heritages to, because those are also two different cultures. Like, mm -hmm. I think it would work the same. I think you would know that someone's into you, that someone is vibing with you, not necessarily like into you romantically but like if i met a person at a bar in colombia if i met a person at a bar in india or in china i would be able to sit with them and assuming there's no language barriers and even maybe with language barriers i'd be like you get me mm -hmm. and i get you and whatever we want to happen will happen yeah we're we're there same frequency i think yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, it's all about energies, right? It's all about the like vibration. Yeah. You're at the frequencies. Because, and the re the reason I say that is, even in different cultures with a different language, say we could, I, I could automatically speak Hindi super fluently and talk about the education system in India. And this is exactly what you need. It would be the exact same thing, the exact same variation of an infinite variation of people that we don't know how they're going to react exactly. But to a certain extent, we know what they're going to say. And I think yeah. that would carry over, right? Yeah. And being able, right. to, being able to like just bond with somebody, it would, be, it would be a completely different culture, but it would be the same experience in a different font, yes. let's say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So It'd be neat. like homecoming and prom. Yeah. Like definitely yeah, different, yeah. but definitely the same. Yep. I don't know. I think, it, well, but then there's the, I, this is a good conversation to talk to the Europeans about, right? The ones who were selling in Europe, the ones who were selling in the UK yeah. during COVID because that's what, that's all they did. They sell in Canada. They sell in the UK. Now that's interesting because I was talking to actually, so fun fact, Peter Peckoff was staying at my house for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I actually got to see Peter every day for like at the beginning of May because he was here. He's selling in this area. And he was mentioning that he goes in, uh, in Bulgaria, this, you couldn't sell books. But I'm like, okay, so how do you overcome that? Like, what about that? So it's, but it's like not about the book selling itself. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you 
when you sit down with someone and you start saying words that you know what to say. Mm-hmm. Like this has happened to any book person that's ever sold books and then went and met someone new at a party or at a wedding or whatever, where it's like a gift to get, right? So I know if I sit down with this person and they're the right person, I say, hey, my name is Andres and you, they're not going to be weirded out about it. They're not going to find it offensive. They're not going to think you're hitting on them. They're going to get it, which is like the same as the mom that has the four kids, you know, or the, yeah. the, the checks all the boxes. And then from there, you know what's going to happen next. And to them, it's like they're meeting this person for the first time. Actually, yeah. actually, I can prove this. Um, my my wife, her dad has a friend named Alan. He's an alumni. I didn't know he was an alumni. Here's how we found out he was an alumni. I was visiting her parents. Alan's over with his wife, and we just start having a conversation. And this has this starts happening. It's like every time I meet a, an old person, and I don't. He's 70. Sorry, Alan, if you're listening. But every time you meet someone who's older, which is you have until the time in the book field with grandparents, you're like, I know exactly what I need to say, and they're going to think I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. It's simple. Like, it's chess. Like, I know the opening for yep. this move. So I start doing it because, you know, I just, it's the first time I'm meeting, meeting her parents, actually, and mm. they have friends over. So it's like parents and family friends. Yeah. That's a but lot. I've also <laughs> done a parent visit. You know, so it's like, I know exactly what I need to say. I know yeah. exactly how this works. I've seen <laughs> this. I've read this book, you know, it's like knowing the lines to a movie that someone right. hasn't watched before <laughs> like, and you're watching it with a like, Just wait. I know what's going to happen. So we're doing that. And after 20 minutes, he goes, I have a question. How, where did you learn to be this personable? And you might think that I'm bragging. I'm not, if you know what I know, I'm not yeah. bragging. Because it's because I know what I know. It's like he's he's wondering why I can speak to him so well, right? And I go, oh, my gosh. Well, it's actually this thing I did in college where I, I sell books door to door. And he goes, Southwestern. <laughs> and I go, yeah. He goes, I sold in 1977. And he like sold. Oh, he was an alumni. Oh, my gosh. And he starts doing his execs. It's a great day to be a book man. Oh, so, my gosh. And heard my wife's dad is like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so then he starts like gassing me up. He's like, oh, he goes, how many times do you do? I was like four. He goes, oh. And remember, this is when I first met my wife. Right, friend. right. So was, he's like, he was like, he's like, if this guy did this, this is a man. This right here is a man. That's like he awesome. could do anything. And uh, and her dad's just like, what in the world <laughs> am I missing? So yeah, I think that that's it. I think that it doesn't matter the language even. When you, you know, you know, when you got it's, and I think that can be proven in sports, right? Mm-hmm. International sports where it's like, everybody knows what it feels like to celebrate a win, a goal. Like, right. It's, it's just part of the human experience on a smaller scale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it is. It's literally just who we are. We all do things just with a slight variation. And I don't know. I just think it is the coolest Thing in the world and I think about it every single day every single day I'm like what am I pulling when I'm on the phone right when I'm running virtual meetings um for advisors like I'm like what am I pulling from am I am I using my sales talk am I pulling things <laughs> that are working right like when I'm closing people I've the the feedback I've gotten because the company I work for now is so like I said I mentioned earlier the sales program is fantastic 
um, they have weekly sales competitions for the the internal sales desk. Every every week, it's a new topic. It's in front of the whole company, and it's it's good for you, right? They they teach you how to present like none other. And um, the feedback I've gotten from some of these is you are really normal when you close. And I'm like, I wonder why. <laughs> but it's like yeah, damn right you, I am. Yeah, like okay, like what do you what do you like about it? Like what do you, do you think they'd appreciate hearing about something like that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Close. Right? It's gosh. gosh. And you know, I know. it's I think the difference there That's is cool. that you know what's happening. You're like I'm exactly I know what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. You have no idea. I have your play it's like playing a piano. Yeah. My piano just talks back, you know. And I wonder, you know, because you are so, you specifically are so looped into the book field still with talking to alumni and hearing these stories, which is such a neat thing. And I'm kind of envious of you just being <laughs> surrounded by it because it's it's awesome. But I, I wonder how many people kind of lose that if you do, if you if you ever lose the comparison, right? Because this is such a big part of our lives. Like, I don't think I could. Like I don't, my parents haven't. They um, still compare things in their lives to the book field, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, from talking to a lot of them, um, even with stuff that's said off air, just the way that things are implied, I can tell you that there's no, like, like even people who don't remember details of their summer, like Nicole, for example, she she was yeah. someone who didn't remember to like details like you did. She remembered a lot of stuff, but like she would forget like it was called like the the Mufus or something like that. Which sure. some people would be like, how do you even forget that? But you do, but she still like remembered. And when, when talking to her, she even someone like that who like maybe doesn't hold on to the book field as much. Still, there was aspects to it. It's like it's the little things. Every single per person that sold books, every single one of them, without question, whenever they knock on a door, whether it's a friend's house or someone they don't know, they are going to knock on it three times, maybe more. Yeah. But they were for sure going to step back three times and they are for sure going to turn sideways. I don't care how much you remember your fears of your summers. <laughs> you will and that that right there is one of probably hundreds of things that we do that we don't even yeah. think about anymore. You know it's so funny. I'm I'm uh, actually headed up to Indiana on Thursday. I'm gonna go solve my brother for a couple of days. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm really excited. Because my parents for my birthday, every year they'd come up and throw me a birthday party on at the Sunday meeting. And they'd my dad would speak because so much experience. My mom too, but um yeah. yeah, my sister and I are gonna go follow him. So I'm like, it's weird. Can we talk about bookmares? Like the book sure. night, book field nightmares, like I, this is the first summer that I've not sold this time. Like the, right now I should be on the book field. Oh, you're just about to experience this. Oh my God. Just yeah. wait till the 4th of July. Just wait till the 4th of July. I'm you're going to so have a weird day. It's going to be weird, dude. I'm telling oh, you. Like, I, I mean, I have, I have bookmares all, all year long, but right now specifically, especially with everybody being in sales school and having just left oh, yeah. sales, people calling me on Sundays and like doing pump up calls with me. I'm like. It's weird. This is this is crazy. They're gonna start asking you to do PCs for like the I ones that are know. either really crushing it or really struggling. Just so you know, like I, it's it's really weird. I we've actually talked about this quite a bit on the show where it's like you're just sitting there on a Tuesday at the pool and you're like, I'm off schedule. Like you, you feel guilty a little bit. Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's like, weird. I'm not allowed to go to the pool. I can't. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> right, yeah, the first 
what? like, like, yeah, I, I still think that like, yeah. even today, like still, it feels weird on a Tuesday to just be chilling. Like, yep. Right. But for you, like you're about to experience, this is going to be your first non-summer. Oh girl, dude, it's going to get weird. <laughs> I, I got to warn you right now. It's going to be bananas. Especially after going out there and so, so we're leaving Thursday, I'm following somebody on th Friday and fo then following my brother on Saturday, then going to the Sunday meeting on Sunday. So it's going to be, it's going to be really weird. Oh, it's like weird. my dreams are going to be, they're going to be crazy. And, and you're going to, uh, can you, uh, can you do me a favor on the 4th of July? Can you text yeah. me? Can you text me and just tell me how you're feeling? Like, I, I really would like calendar. to know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, you don't have gosh. to even put it in your calendar. You will, you you're will right. think of this. It's going to happen. It's going to be the 4th of July. And you're going to be like eating a burger at someone's place. And you're going to be like, what am I doing? And then you're going to text it's, it's me. It's like and go, not allowed. Oh, Grace, this is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like enjoying myself during the week. Oh, it's weird. It's weird. Like taking a nap, taking a nap during the day, the audacity. <laughs> How watching a movie at night? Oh, oh no, 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 no! <sighs> Having a beer during the weekday? Absolutely weird. not. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. unacceptable so weird, behavior. Dude. Uh, it's it's kind of fun though, like watching. Well, it, you know how it happens. It's it's cyclical, right? Every few years, there's a mass exodus of people. Like yeah. that happened my second summer, first or second summer, where all the student leaders took off. I have a theory. Share. No, oh, finish with that, and I'll share. Well, I was just gonna say. So this past summer, the mass exodus happened again. So like all of the people, a good group, probably five or six people who. Um, not unlike my parents with their friends who they've held on to for decades, like this is my group of people. We all kind of exited right at the same time. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. This happens because DSMs leave. Yeah. And then the younger crowd holds on for a little bit and then they realize they can't. So then it shifts. That's, there's always, there's like a, there's like a cyclical pattern to DSMs. And the cyclical pattern is they start having kids. And mm. more importantly, their kids start going to school. And so ah. they just can't, the lifestyle just don't mix. Now, like even Mark Rao, Mark Rao left and then came back after his kids were older and like kind of independent teens. Jake yeah. Chesney did that. I mean, and he'd left for different reasons, but like, but that's a huge part of it. Like my brother has two kids right now, and when Vaco starts going to school, I'm like, "How are you gonna? How does this continue?" I'm not right. saying it's impossible, and I'm not. I'm sure people have done it, right? But if you kind of look, yeah, if you look across the board, when most DSLs either started having kids or their kids started getting to school, where they have to have a schedule that keeps them local, it's so hard to yeah. to really do it. So that's what I think. And then because of that, they leave. And then like a few years later, then all the managers that were trying to get there also leave. Right, right. And it's back to the scraps. But even and among like every all seven years. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. And But among all that, there's still so many, like things don't change. Like my summers versus your summers, we can mm -hmm. still have this conversation and talk about all. Like yeah. we still have this shared experience. All the alumni that I met over the years, same experience to, yep. 
to an extent, right? Yeah, I mean, there's things that change. The products change. Like I used to do paper bars and paper maps. You wouldn't have yeah. an idea what that's like. And nope. <laughs> which, which to be honest with you, that is a part of the experience that you. I'm sad that you don't get because it's a different. It's a different experience. But then again, same with like we had Jim Potts and he sold in 1968. Mm-hmm. And like at that point, they were hitchhiking to sales school. That's how it worked. And you hitchhiked on your way home. And then you also found a place to stay Crazy. in a diff- every every day. Like you stayed at a different HQ. Like what the hell? <laughs> Carry your stuff around with you every all day? Yeah, just your sample case. And then they were like hitchhike home. And they would be walkers. They'd hitchhike to the book field. They'd hitchhike home. if they didn't, Because most of them didn't have a car to own a car. At sure. that point, it was like, no. Right. Not one right. you could just take like that. Yeah. Wait, that's yeah. insane. I guess, yeah. you know, and that's funny because, like, we hear the stories from, like, the older people, the the alumni, but not that old. Like, not yeah. from those days. Which and is- That's the earliest we've found. Jim Potts is 1968. It's the oldest we've gotten yeah. back. We've had a couple. We have several in the 80s and a couple in the 70s. Like, Dan yeah. Morse holding in the 70s, and he was still hitchhiking, and so was Lee in the 80s. But, um, but yeah. Wow. And we have, we're actually talking right now, I can't say who the name is, but we have a lady who sold in 1974, and she was a black lady. She was a number two first year wow. that summer That's in the really 70s cool. as a black woman. And I'm like, oh, dude. Good for her. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. I'm excited for that episode. That'll yeah, be it'll be me too. I She actually just got to me today, and she's like, hey, yeah, to be on, I'd be on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, okay. Let me do some rapid fire questions and a couple ponytails. I have one oh. story in here that I think is going to be the ponytail. And I, unless you have a different one. No, I think it's going to be that one. It, is, it, is it in Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Yeah. All right. So let me put it's up a the two-parter. Rapid... Oh, let's do it. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to do it short. You can take your time on that one. There's a cool. bug in here. All right. Here we go. Rapid fire question number one. Favorite territory of all the four summers? South Carolina. Ooh, nice. Favorite turf, kind of turf, like country. Big, ooh, specific country. Uh, northern country. Ah, uh, nice. Like southern, the, just all country. Like, what do you mean by? I mean, like middle, kind? middle income, low income. I oh, low it. income. I want low income. Really? Low, low middle, low middle. <sighs> I like I the middle high it. income territory, the country, middle like, high country. I like the whole ooh. spectrum, but. I guess low middle, like farm, like f- generations of farmers. That's what. I'm oh, nice. In yeah. New England, when I was selling in like big brick country, or not super big brick, but like bigger ish brick country, because those moms get competitive. Awesome. They'd be yeah. like, "Oh, T- Tammy got the whole set. Oh, well, then <laughs> then we have to get the whole set. Actually, yeah. and throw in that college thing, just because you never know. And you're like, all right. So then you go back to the deliveries and be like, by the way, Susan heard you got the whole set and she got the CEA. Just give us that. Okay, all right. Like, <laughs> so good. Oh, man. I love it. I love the country, though. I'll never, um, if I ever went out, I'd never work suburbs again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of it ever. And by the way, if you're first year, learn to work all the territories because yeah, do territory all. doesn't matter. Doesn't but, matter. <laughs> but once you're able to learn and master all territories, then you can have a favorite and only work that. Yep. I'll okay. Work it all and pick one. <laughs> that's right. And that's the same as Peter Peckoff, by the way. Um, yeah. He specifically picks his turf that way. Um, favorite advanced sales tape. Bill Zizzy. Oh, we haven't had a Bill Zizzy in a while. Yeah. We had Dave Rosen on the show. Really? Twice, oh, that's yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Favorite HQ. Huntsville. We had a whole house to ourselves, six of us co-ed for free all summer long. 
How? Jake Chesney, he found it. It was some random. He's like the king of finding HQs. Jake, if you're listening, you're the king. We love you. Um, some random lady was like, yeah, I'm going to Minnesota for the whole summer. I need someone to watch my house. So we did it for free. And it was Amazing. awesome. It was awesome. Incredible. All right. Yeah. Can't beat that. Uh, favorite product to sell or tack on? FBL, for sure. It's so, it's, it's unfair. It's, wait, wait. Why? Well, it's because it's so easy. It's so easy. The FBL is like the best thing ever. It's the it's the un it's it's a secret that people don't they don't talk about it enough in in sales school. They don't talk about it. Like there's not a demo. They give you the demo book, but there should be way more emphasis because the number of people who buy this thing and tack this thing on, oh, yeah, it but- is that's why it's so easy to sell. They don't even have to. You literally just open the slate and go here, look at this. And they're like, yeah, we'll take that too. <laughs> people don't, they forget about it. That's the thing. Oh yeah. And if you sell it for like the, the historical aspect, it's, it's so easy to sell. I mean, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. By the way, for those of you who are not watching and just only listening, that's family Bible library. We have the little definitions on, on the screen, but forget that we do that. So anyway, okay. Um, favorite overall summer. Three South Carolina. Oh, interesting. All right. Best sales day, whether that be in units or customers or just like maybe you didn't sell anything, but it was like a really rewarding day. I think it was like 280 was my best day. Oh, you went the unit route. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Damn, you beat mine. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I also didn't pay attention all summer, you know, so it was like looking back type thing. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Favorite Wait, breakfast no, it was like 320. It was 320. Okay. Sorry. It was. Okay. No, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what happened. Oh, uh-huh. I'll pull up my my, my e-bar. <laughs> it was a Sunday. I sold no, it on was a Sunday. A it was a Saturday. It was Mine was a South Monday. Carolina. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So eat that. Handle it. All right. <laughs> favorite favorite breakfast spot. Waffle House. Oh, that's every a day second. for two summers. Second one in a row that says that. All right. All right. Um, best follow day. Emma Barnett. No, or mm, that's a tough one. Emma listens to these, so you better. Emma or Jack. Honestly, Jack Wheeler. Yeah. They're both pretty. Oh, wait, there's another. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Emma. Why? Well, number one, I love her. <laughs> so that helps. She's probably um, yeah, good. I hope so. Um, she, I learned the most from her in terms of attitude. She taught me the most about just taking it easy and relaxing and like enjoying yourself, but being super, super consistent. Fair enough. I love it. Actually, I'm going to tie a third place Austin Marsh. I followed him two days in a row and we had a great time. <laughs> to three. I love- I love it. Can't pick. They're all good. Yeah, I can. Um, okay. All right. So now we've reached the segment into our ponytails. Uh, man, for people who are listening and who made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Man, this has been a blast. I hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. I mean, at least I can't speak for you, but I'm, I'm having, having a great time. I'm having a great time. Um, I don't know what the heck that was. Um, but ponytails is when we have our guests share their favorite, one of their favorite stories or like like they're the one that if they had you know 10 minutes 20 minutes at a bar to like do a quick like this is not happening story or just 
craziness. It's usually like a juicy one. Not always though. Sometimes it's like a little bit more motivational. Sometimes it's like really empowering. I don't know what's about to happen, but this is Nadia Khan's ponytails. All right. So this is a two-part story. This is regarding ghosts that I. It's a paranormal paranormal it's story. It's a paranormal story, and I, I swear by every single bit of these stories, Pony every geist. single piece. Pony no, for geist. real. So. I was working my first summer outside of Saginaw, Michigan, in the middle of nowhere. And a lot of these houses out in the country were built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So I got into the habit of asking people randomly, hey, do you guys have ghosts? Like, do you have any stories? Do you guys have weird stuff happening in these crazy old houses? And people would so casually be like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they tell me their stories with a smile on their face, and I'm standing there and terrified. But it was awesome. So um, one of the store, one of the houses. Um, this was probably week eight out of twelve. My first summer. So little town in Michigan on a river. I pull up to this house. It's uh, it's it's old. It's covered with trees. It's really dark. You can barely see the house. There's an old like extra house out back, like a guest house. And, uh, I, I, I meet the family. It was one of those where I had to go back like four times to sit down with them. So I, over those four times of callbacks, I learned about their whole life story. They had just moved in about a month ago. I can't remember her name, Jennifer or something. And she, she was really sweet. They had switched houses with their best friends. So they traded houses. Okay. okay. So I'm, it, it's weird. Every time I'm there, something, I just got a weird vibe, but it was a cool old house and I love history. So I want to know about all the history of the house. Jennifer didn't really know what the history of this place was, but she was like, it is really old. And there were always dead animals on the front porch, which is kind of gross, but little dead animal. And it was like, I thought I was like, oh, they have a cat, you know, no big deal, whatever. So, um, I finally get to sit down with Jennifer on our front porch and it's like one of those old houses where like the front porch is like a concrete slab that's like falling apart. So, so they, they bought the Explore and Learns. A couple weeks later, about two weeks later, I'm going through my name, showing my pictures to this other family and they're like, that's the family we switched houses with. And I was like, that house is crazy. Like, to, and so it's a mom and dad and two little boys. And they start telling me all these stories about the house and all the crazy. It, apparently, it's one of the oldest houses in Michigan. Apparently, it's one of the most haunted houses in Michigan. And uh, the house in the back were the slave quarters. And all this crazy stuff happened in this house. So this mom, dad, and these two kids are telling me all these stories about uh, dad loses his wedding ring. You know, we're sitting on the front porch. Dad loses his wedding ring. For about two years, they tear the house looking for it. Tear house apart. The day they move out, the house is completely empty. They do the final walk around. They walk in the living room and it's sitting there in the middle of the floor. That's the first thing. Second thing, uh, the house was, it, it was long. So there's stairs in the middle, kitchen on one side, master bedroom on the other side. They're telling me, yeah, we'd, we, and they were like, yeah, the ghosts, they would just mess with us all the time. Like we'd walk to one, the kitchen, turn the lights off, walk back, lights would flip back on. They'd walk back over, turn them off, walk back, lights flip back on, and they'd have to go like stop it out loud, like audibly. And 
it would stop. Little boys are laughing. It's like an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, they're like, yeah, remember that time when I woke up and I saw that dark figure standing over you and I couldn't sleep for two weeks? Ha ha ha. And they're laughing. And I'm, yeah. So oh all these God, crazy what? stories. Anyway. Oh, actually what happened was, so um, I, I had all these callbacks. I met the second family first. Then I went back. Then I went back to, and then that mom bought. So I heard all these stories. I go back. I'm terrified, like so afraid of this house at this point. Um, I sit down with the mom. My name tag goes missing. And like a week later, a week later, my name tag goes missing. And I remember this because I went exactly back to where I had it last. Anyway, all this has happened. My very last delivery of the summer is the lady who now lives in this of course. house. Of course. Right? I didn't actually meet them at the house. I met them down the road. I hadn't been back to this house at all. And uh, she she messages me and she's like, hey, we found your name tag under our doormat. Do you want us to mail it to you? And I was like, nope. Keep it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I remember the moment I lost it. I remember searching the yard of the house that I lost it in. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was nowhere, it was miles away. It was a different town. They found it under their doormat. No, no. Okay. Anyway, so I, that's the first story. That's my first ghost story. (laughs) That's just like the, just the teaser? No, yeah. So this one. Okay, so um well, well okay, hold on. Hold on. Commentary on this. One yeah. assholes to switch houses with them knowing yeah. fully well. Like what in the world? They didn't know. The first family didn't know. They hadn't told them on purpose. Yeah, insane. That's so, messed up. Mm-hmm. Okay, second story. This oh, one another little town in Michigan, right? It was one of those that was like a railroad town. They're probably tw- 15 houses along these railroads all built in the early 1900s middle of nowhere by the way i just want to let you know i believe in ghosts okay okay good so, me too like i'm i'm with you there's people Especially, listening to this and they're probably gonna tune out and like this is bullshit but nah no nah, fam this happens this freaking happened and these people are telling me these stories way too casually and i just started yeah, I got, they're just like at this point they're like the family from the you know haunted house stories they're like ah you know yeah there's a lady okay. that shows up when she's headless. I'm like, okay. No, these are like mild stories, but I believe in them. So this story, it was the railroad crossing, right? And uh, there was a house kind of on the outskirts. Husband's a farmer. I met the wife. It was a callback. It was my it was my late night sit down. Um, they live in front of a cornfield, and um, I go in. Wholesale talk. They're obviously not going to buy. We start talking about ghosts. And I'm like, what is, you know, is anything you crazy? That's so casual. We start talking about ghosts. Like, well, I'm like, tell that. me your stories. Like, you guys live in an old, old house. Like, I want to know what's going on here. And I lo- I'm, I'm so intrigued by these, this stuff. And uh, so the lady's <laughs> like, yeah, we have a couple. Um, there's this one guy. She was like, I was walking out of the bathroom. And so basically the way that you go, to the, you go you out of the bathroom, then this way, then this way in the living room. But when you walk this way, you're facing the kitchen sink and there's a, a window that's out in the cornfield. So it's pitch black. So everything is reflected. She's like, yeah, I turned to walk and I saw a man standing behind me. He had um, a hat 
and a monocle. She was like, it was the weirdest thing. But she was like, I just closed my eyes and turned the corner and willed him not to hurt me and nothing happened. And I was like, of course, I had to go use the restroom after. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I closed my eyes. I'm like walking the whole way. Anyway, second. Okay, so same story. Same house. Same family. They have like a baby. And uh, they were like, yeah. Um, um, the dad was like, yeah, my mom comes and watches the kids every now and then. But the so the wife was telling me she she was like yeah you know i kept seeing this little boy in a red shirt the blonde little boy in a red shirt like running around i was thinking he was like a neighbor's kid but he kept she was like i i was seeing things because he kept disappearing and i didn't i was like my mind's playing tricks on me like he's he just he he literally disappears and she's like it, she was like thinking that she was going crazy anyway so the mom is watching the little boy the the grandmother and uh she the parents come home she leaves she's like by the way who's that little boy on the front porch like i don't remember all the what? details but there it was like it was weird to the point where they both realized that it was they both seen the little boy they'd both oh. seen a little boy running around in a shirt probably nine ten years old so i'm like okay thanks for your stories get in my car turn on my headlights my floodlights are into the cornfield and I back up as fast as I can with my eyes closed and I take off and I don't even look because I'm like I don't want to see this kid on the porch they're like we've seen him on the porch we've seen him running through we've seen him crossing the street we've seen him do this and that no I nobody it's nobody's kid so I've kind of forget about this story I'm working outside of Saginaw this summer so this was four summers ago this past summer I'm working about 30, 45 minutes from that spot. So I was. Oh, you went really back to Michigan excited. your fourth summer. I went oh, back to okay. Michigan. I was working really closely. I had a customer at this house, this old, this family who owned like 70 acres. It's toward the end of the summer. And it was the house and then the, the barn and then fields, fields, fields. Um, and I swear upon my grave that I saw this. I'm driving. The kids are asleep. It's about 8.30. So the sun's just starting to set because in Michigan it sets really late. I see a little boy in a red shirt, blonde hair, run behind the barn. It's just a flash of him. And I, I slammed on the brakes. And I was like, I turned the corner, gone. There was nowhere for this kid to go. Parents are asleep. They have, they have babies. Kid, they're asleep. Like they're in bed. I saw that little boy. Like, I believe it with oh. my whole soul that I saw that little boy. Oh, my God. I sat there. I, I stopped in the middle of the dirt road, and I sat there for five minutes, and I was like. That's so crazy. Isn't that man. insane? That's insane. Like, That's the first ghost pony story we've had. Oh, freaky man. four years later like i was what? like we gotta do this for halloween just a call oh, like a panel of these oh i know i know that's awesome yeah a bunch of i had some more stories this summer about ghosts like people finding like burned corsets in their walls and stuff like crazy stuff but that oh. was those were the two that like affected me where i was like okay i believe in ghosts I, yeah. I like I believe in them. Like we uh my second HQ, the house was 250 years old. Mm. That's cool. And like it was in Massachusetts. Like it was there from like 
the time the beginning of the country was like and it was just it had weird energy old houses have weird energy man it's yeah. really weird i don't know it's uh uh yeah. anyway, i have ghost stories that i'll tell you I, i'll tell you some other ghost stories later on because i could talk yeah not a, not in the book field but just just general like i stuff that's happened to me it's like yeah. weird oh damn dude <laughs> that's good cool. hey i wish them well and they never hurt nothing ever hurt me but i was like they made an impact and i will never forget those two stories as long as i live like it was weird it was that's weird. crazy so you know hey. what I just thought about? You know what I said about? Because we're talking about is, is animals should probably probably also leave ghosts behind. Some of them when they die, like disturbed animals, and yeah. they're probably the, or like maybe like when the lights keep turning on and off, it's just a cat that's always wanted to flick <laughs> that switch, and then it died, and it's kind of like I can do it, and it's like just playing back. It's like you yeah. wanted to turn the light on me with that laser, yeah. feel my wrath, and it's an angry cat. Oh, speaking of, sorry, the flash, I, I forgot a detail. So the first house, the creepy one, they would hear like children playing and laughing and footsteps. Oh, uh, no. So no, it was, like, there, was a, there was a lot. Mm -hmm. I sat there for those with his family for probably 30 minutes listening to them just telling these stories. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. Weird. I never went inside, never went inside. So thank mm -hmm. goodness. But in high school, anyway. in high school, we went out to this cornfield and there was this old barn in an abandoned house. Yeah. And we could swear that somebody screamed bloody murder from outside and then we went outside in the car and there was nobody there and i was like there was like nine of us and we all heard it it wasn't like a because we thought it was so crazy yeah. that we thought there was only eight of us in there and one of us one of the girls had stayed out and like something happened to her yeah we, we, then we all like all came outside we're like that was somebody was that stuff weird, is man. real that stuff is so real oh yeah i mean oh, i hardcore believe in that yeah hardcore. for sure yeah, you don't you don't there are certain things you don't fuck with that are like paranormal and people like to mess with that kind of stuff. Ouija boards and stuff. It's like, mm, no, dude, just leave it. Yeah. Because maybe never. it's nothing and that's that's the best yeah. case scenario. But even if it's it. like remotely a little bit weird, it's going to be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, man. This has been great. <laughs> dude, we had a run. This is so I fun. Know we did. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I appreciate you being here. So I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed it too. I did. Thank you again for having me. This has been great. Yeah, I love I love my job. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the conclusion of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I have been with Nadia Khan. If you want to get a hold of her and learn a little bit more about her job or maybe uh, get in touch with her, you can see her Instagram handle. It's right there. Nadia E. Khan, K-H-A-N. There's also probably going to be a link below in the description. Uh, but any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up? I'll wrap it back up with what we talked about earlier. Whatever is going on, all the crazy stuff that's happening in your life, every single thing happens for a reason and let it happen. Like let it happen and hold on. That's it. Mm. Mm. That's some good <laughs> stuff. That's good. Then. We'll let it close on that. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Andres Gamboa. This has been the Ponytails, po Ponytails Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody.